The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live on RantiumRadio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at ShiningWizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at Merch.ShiningWizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at Amazon.ShiningWizards.com and become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. Jesus! And motherfucking shining wizards. This is former WWE superstar Al Snow and also a magician to the blind. You're listening to The Shining Wizard. Welcome, everyone, to episode 550 of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, a very special episode. Uh, today, we are not on Durant. We are on our new streaming vehicle known as StreamYard to all of you great, great people. But if you're listening in podcast form, we thank you for tuning in, for iTuning in, for Spotifying in, for YouTubing in, for every way that you consume the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, where, of course, it is wrestling talk and... Talk about wrestling. Whoa, what is going on here? There I never two- get to do that part. <laughs> I was going to say, is that the first time that you've ever done the talk about wrestling? That is the first time I've ever gotten to do and talk about wrestling. There, actually, <laughs> actually, I actually took a word from you. I took and by accident. So, oh, that's okay. That's, okay. This is the first time we've teed it up to me. I think we did all right. I think we did great. And that voice you are hearing, guys, it's not Tony, it's not Matt, it is the one and only super-duper friend of the show, KTG, Kate the Great Kate from On Deck IC, and she took a a little bit of time from her busy schedule at the Fight Club. Uh, She is not beating asses, she is talking wrestling, and uh, KTG, Kate the Great, welcome to the first ever KTG and KJG show. I know the tag team that was meant to be by initials alone, Kevin. I'm so excited to be here. We can't talk about Fight Club. That's like literally the first rule. Not really. We can talk about Fight Full all we want, but um, I'm very excited to do this. We haven't two manned before. This no, is great. this is this is actually pretty exciting because you've been super busy. You had a super busy weekend. You're all over the place. You're watching probably more wrestling than you've ever watched. <laughs> like ever in your life because of your duties to, to fight club and uh, Ed Norton sap. So it's gotta be, <laughs> Ed Norton sap. it's gotta be, it's gotta be, it's gotta be taking its toll on you because man, cause, cause wrestling is great, but uh, too much wrestling is just wild. So I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you space yourself out from watching it all, but it's great to have you here. And Ed Norton, Sean does kind of look like Ed Norton a little bit. I could see that. Good evening, yeah. team crash. What's going on? Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of wrestling. It's wrestling every day. 
but it's mostly the stuff I want to be watching, which is great. If I was asked to do the Raw post-show, I would probably do it, but it would feel much more painful. Uh, but they have some exciting stuff going on over there tonight with Biggie. But this weekend I was at PPW for their eighth anniversary show, and that's on the Freeland vehicle, as you like to say, on Front Row Materials. That's right. Uh, we did their pre-show, and the card was super stacked. Like, what was really fun about that was like the NXT releases from this last batch just came up. So they booked a ton of talent that was able to work. Buddy Matthews was there. Holy crap. That dude is a brick house. Now the former buddy Murphy, like Hello. he still can fly, but he must've, he hasn't left the gym since he got yeah. released. I don't think it's insane. Um, Bobby fish was there. Moose was there. Ace Austin was there. There was like a really, really strong card. Mercedes Martinez just fucking rules. Um, so that was super fun. And then I left the Poconos, came back home, turned right around to Philadelphia and went to Ring of Honor, which was Wait, awesome. wait, wait, wait. You you came back to Jersey from the Poconos? Why didn't you just go to Philly? Because it was only an hour 15. Hour. So that like power. <laughs> NWA, one hour. One hour. It was only like an hour and 15. And like from where that was in the Poconos to Philly is not much shorter than that. So Came home, watched my dog, got a good night's rest. All right, so all right, so you got you got the pup at home, so that I can see being a, a deal breaker there. But I would like I would just like because if you combine the trip home and then the trip to Philly, it's the same as just shooting right to the trip, shooting right from the Poconos to Philly. No. Um, they said Poconos to Philly was like forty five minutes, and it's like an hour <laughs> and fifteen from me. So. Oh, so it was shorter. It completely negated my my point to what. Well, no, it's, from Poconos to Philly was 45 minutes. From my place to Philly is an hour 15. So I was like, nah, the actual half hour is not worth it. But right. um, and we got out of there at a reasonable time, actually. I was still home, I think, by like midnight. And that was with a stop for some gas station snacks, which were delicious. Uh all right. So so Kate, Kate, we're gonna dive in all, to all the gas station snacks. And don't okay. let me forget about that, by the way, because okay. I want I want to talk about what KTG's go-to gas station snacks are because i can honestly say it might be different in pennsylvania or even in different parts of jersey i have never gotten food at a gas station ever in my life what no No. not even like pre-packaged food no nothing ever because i've like i I mean i does a rest stop that includes a gas station count or no? no 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 if you're going to like i gotta gas up my tank and then you go in. That's right. Um, you've never just gotten gassed. In. That's like the best part of a road trip. No, never. Well, I don't. I, I don't travel very often, Kate. I don't know if you know that about me. <laughs> I don't. No, I, I, don't never. Really, I don't really. Well, I, I have been recently. You know, Boston, Maryland, and of course, you know, Orlando a couple of years ago, and hopefully soon Alaska. Uh, but we're gonna get back to all that stuff first. We want to take care of some good old housekeeping, as they like to say on the other. Uh, my dear good personal friends major wrestling figure podcast uh so some good housekeeping guys follow us all on uh on the twitter at wizards podcast on all forms of social media facebook.com slash shining wizard uh, wizards podcast on the uh pro wrestling t support our pro wrestling t stores at pro wrestling slash i think that's the only one that is shining wizards if i'm wrong matt please fix this in post <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going to get to everything. You went to PPW. You went to Ring of Honor. Um, Yo, people want to talk about gas station snacks, though. Some hot dog I, slap. I'm not that brave. Drunk Kate might have been that brave. I am not that brave as an adult. Um, and 
Mott's Pock, our good friend, uh, saying, sorry I'm late, and how has KJG never had gas station food? I would like to know the answer to that, too, my I don't, friend. I don't think there's any reason behind it. It's just, like, when, I, like, I'd rather go to, like, so, like, if a quick check, right, has a gas station, does that count? That counts, I would say. I feel like if your intention is to go get gas and then you go get snacks, that's like your gas station trip. That but gas. if you're just going to a quick check to go get snacks, then you're just really going to a convenience store. So like Wawa, right? Wawa has gas stations now. Yeah. So does is it more of a Wawa visit or is it more of a, hey, I'm at Wawa, let's get some gas? Did you Did you gas up while you were there? Oh no, I've never done this. I'm just trying to see. I'm just I'm, I'm... <laughs> if you need to get gas and you go to any of them, you're getting gas station food. But if you're just running in there for food, that's that's the delineation, I think. Okay, so it's Wawa if I don't get the gas. It's gas station food if I get the gas and the food. <laughs> I don't think I've I don't think I've done either. I mean, I guess you're not anti doing it. You just haven't done it. Yeah, no, no, I would do it. And I'm trying to think when when Matt had the original Studio B, there was a Wawa like right there. So I can't imagine in all the years approaching 10, by the way, that we've been doing the Shining Wizards wrestling podcast and many episodes from Studio B in Parsippany. There had to have been a, a chance that I I got gas and then proceeded to get food and if anyone is listening in the facebook i know mott's box in there and a couple people there if i'm echoing can you please let me know because i'm hearing an echo in my voice this is the first time we're hearing Streamyard, and this is the first time i've ever had an echo and i know about the echo cancellation i've done it like three times already yeah and i don't hear it so people on the facebook and on twitter let us know if you hear it yeah, if you hear it, I'm sorry. I'm going to try to fix it as much as I can. It might have to just be going to the echo cancellation feature like a million times. But we are going to gas up our tank. Sound All right, ki- All right Mott Spock. Thank you very much, my brother. <laughs> Thomas Spock, Mott Spock, freaking can of, can of beans Spock. Like, <laughs> guy's, got, guy's got more nicknames Here's than... Why I'm surprised by the gas station talk is you enjoy a good adult beverage from time to time. And I oh, feel yeah. like, I guess Uber Eats kind of changed that. I was going to say, I feel like the gas station convenience store situation oh, was that, like the only place around. you could get. You can't get that. You can't get beer at gas stations around here. No, no, no. no. But if you wanted to get a late night snack after a night of drinking. I oh, no Uber, like, no, Uber Eats. Uber Eats now. Yeah, see, yeah. they changed the game in a lot of ways. Now, I used to be that guy where I would have a few and then go home and I would stop at the White Castle because it was literally right there like like four blocks away from my house <laughs> so and as far as i know as far as i know white castle doesn't have a gas station i mean it, technically i guess it is a gas station because <laughs> they do give you gas, you with gas. there's no yeah, they, that. the white the white castle does give you gas so technically that could be a gas station my goodness right you're gassing up i am gassing, gassing up. up over there that's a very good point and we are gassing up tonight. We are gassing up the tank. Shining Wizards episode 550 marching towards 10 years. It is KJG. It is KTG. Oh, mama. I'm so excited. I can't even get out three simple letters. All right. So, Kate, the first leg of your weekend saw PPW. 
Mm-hmm. Lots, lots of uh, released NXT talent that are now starting to appear. We saw that on a bunch of shows. We're going to continue to see that on many oh, yeah. shows. Bobby Fish signing with MLW, um, Jake Atlas and uh, Taylor Rust uh, on Ring of Honor. So it's happening, man. The, the the floodgates are opening. These 90 days are are up. What was it like seeing some of these people maybe for the first time, maybe not for the first time, but on a different stage than WWE? So in general, too, what's cool with the indies right now is just with everything being back open, I feel like we're seeing a lot more of AEW talent also just showing up, like in my hometown of Binghamton, where I'm originally from, like people from the Dark Order were showing up there. So like it's a combination of like those days being up and the indies being back in full force, like pandemic wise, which is really cool. So um, it's just exciting to see, like, I feel like the indie scene's been on fire for a while. It is only going to get better, but it just was really nice to see people really happy about wrestling again. Like I think Buddy Matthews for sure it was all over his face. Mercedes Martinez was just like so happy to I'm be sorry. back in the ring. Wait, I'm sorry. What was what was all over Buddy Matthews' face? Smart happiness, <laughs> joy, excitement. Another word I probably would not have chosen. Um, chosen. Chosen. He was happy to be there. All right. Well, he's a buddy. You know, he's you can't you can't be you can't have your first name be buddy and not just be happy to be places. That's very true. But I think there was like a, a very genuine excitement among a lot of people to be back just getting to do what they loved without having to worry about how many like stakeholders were involved or what TV looked like. Like they just got to go out and wrestle. Mercedes Martinez was just like chop, chopping the shit out of her opponents. It was really fun. Yeah. Uh, like, am I, am I going to be in catering all night? Am I going to have a, you know, what am I doing? Am I working main event for a three minute match for people that will, won't see it on the network for another three months or like. Yeah. And I think <laughs> it's, it, it seems like everybody was on a field trip. Like everybody was just so excited and, they did like a whole fan fest before and all the like excitement around the meet and greet was kind of the same that they were just like very nice to be like, yeah, I just get to go wrestle. It was a packed house. There were 600 people there, which was great. Um, But it was a lot of fun to be back in that environment. And I feel like that environment is going to just continue to, to spiral. The more we see like wrestlers, it sucks. Like over a hundred people got released from WWE in the past 18 months, but like, you're going to see a lot of that and you're just going to see independent contractors at other uh, wrestling promotions get to work as independent contractors in a scene that is now fully open to people. So uh, just a, a really good energy in there. It was really, really fun. Yeah. Give them a little shout ski PPW Pennsylvania premier wrestling out yeah. of, uh, out of the great state of PA. So I'm sure it was great. It was like a, it was like a big time deal for them. It was like a their eighth anniversary. So yeah, they were just two years behind you and when they started. <laughs> Got to catch up, boys. Got to catch up. Catch up. Come on. Who doesn't start 10 years ago? Come on. I know. I mean, me, but still. That's true. <laughs> That's a great point. But uh, yeah, so it was it was a really fun night. A weird uh, drive back and forth because it was just some very, it felt like you were in a horror movie. Like it was very. I'm sorry. A, I'm sorry. A what movie? A horror movie. Horror movie. All right. Listen, Kate. I just got. Why are just... you making me out to be some kind of floozy that I am not? Sir? No, trust me, I'm not. It's just your your the choosing of your words. Horror. And... 
Horror. Right. Do you want me to sound like I'm from Jersey? I'll say horror. Horror. Exactly. <laughs> Do it. Listen, Kate the Great is the. That's why. Listen, you're not Kate the Great by being some floozy. You're Kate the Great for being the great. Integrity and greatness. That's right. <laughs> One of the three eyes and greatness. Hi, William Mercier. I'm sorry. Jesus, out Will, me, William, if you can't, William, if you, if you can't stay, you know what that means, William Mercier. Your life is gonna be in KJG's hands. You know what I mean? This guy's. I'm right here. Here all week. Try the veal. <laughs> but, but yeah, and you've been at Russell Pro Shows a bunch, obviously. Do you feel like there's been like a noticeable uptick in stuff? Because you weren't working them for the better part of COVID, right? And now they're kind of yeah. over there in full force. They a did Alaska, bit, obviously. A little bit in 2020, in the fall of 2020. And then just now at the return to Union. Uh, and then, of course, October 16th, which is a, a loaded, loaded show. Mercedes Martinez will be there as well. So that's going to be great. I think it's Mercedes Martinez versus Diana Perazu, which is going to be a banger. That rules. Yeah. yeah. Impact Championship will be on the line, but we're not here to completely plug them. But no, in terms of, uh, in terms of like, God, I mean, they had like Cardona on a show. So that's, that's always huge. Eddie Edwards has been working there regularly now. So that's good. But in terms of like an influx of released guys and girls, I mean, obviously Mercedes, but I don't know if anyone else is coming in. I think they're just bringing in more established talent to work with their guys and girls. Uh, so I think that, like, I know Carlito's coming in, Tommy Dreamer's coming in. Um, God, uh, Myers is coming in all, all, all for one show. Oh, Fandango, all for one show. So yeah, that's, so that's gonna be that's pretty much the the, the flux of it. Uh, but no, I mean, it, it's great. Independent wrestling is back. The crowd is the crowd is packed, and I assume that it'll be packed for for Rawway. I mean, Rawway Rec Center is a, is a historic venue in Jersey for wrestling. When you go back to Jersey All Pro and Ring of Honor and, and all these great of great companies, so it's gonna be good to be back and good to have fans in the stands, which I will interact with none of because I will be <laughs> in the back because I'll be too terrified to be in a room, a building with that many people. But We're going to set up a Kevin meet and greet. That's it. It's and just be... Kevin and not explain like anything about who you yeah. are, your last name, nothing. It's going to be you dressed <laughs> like that at a table yeah. with eight by tens of you looking like that. I'll, just... be in a ha- I'll actually be in a hazmat suit. So <laughs> that'll be great. No, I'm 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 loosening the the purse strings and uh, that does, that expression doesn't make sense here, but you know what I mean. I'm loosening <laughs> up a little bit with the restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been good. I've been getting better. It's just now uh, everything is getting nuts. Like I went to a couple family parties. I went out last this past weekend uh, uh, for for KP Burke's album release party down at the Smod Castle, home of uh, Clerks and and Kevin Smith and all those great people. Yeah. So. That was awesome, uh, and uh, so that was great. That was actually great. Shout out to KP Burke um, for his album uh, album uh, recording, two shows, seven and nine, Escape from Jacksonville. Um, my buddy Big Rich from Jersey was down there. Joe Fernet, like great, great time. Uh, so, uh, but I digress. We're here because I guess we're wrestling talk and talk about wrestling and talk about wrestling. <laughs> See. <laughs> You totally redeemed yourself. You got back. Thank you. 
Thank you. I took what was you rightfully got, mine, you got Kevin. Back, KTJ. <laughs> All right, KTJ. So because this is this is a weird situation, we don't have Matt, we don't have Tony. So a lot of the audio aspects that we all love so much, the drops, the intro, the the liner, and the the music. If you're listening in podcast form, you will get all of that, hopefully. But right now, uh, we will get to your experience having of honor. But I think there's a, a segment on the show that people really, really like, Kate. What's you know what that is? There's so many. It's time for the shouting was this texting. Just before the ring of honor, just before the honor picks, it's time to pick. We're gonna pick. All we do is pick, pick. All right. So, Tony, I hope. Sorry, you can't be here, but we appreciate the niceness. Who's that? Oh, Matt. Hey, Matt. Now we're doing picks. Now we're doing picks. Millionaire Matt. Padding his bankroll right now. That's why he can't be here. He's out rolling people in the streets. Or is he dodging you because he's so far behind in picks that he didn't want to show up tonight? Ah, he's well, he's got to be dodging. Tony. He's got to be dodging Tony, not me, man. I'm. I'm. I, I, Kate, I forgot to pick a pay per view. Yeah. That'll set but, you back. Yeah. So a big I, offer will set you back. Yeah, I lost six games on Tony. Uh, because I did not pick New Japan Night 2. And again, to my credit, I was in the middle of finishing fourth in a poker tournament with some pretty high high society people. So uh, I might not be... an excuse. Nope, you're 100% right. <laughs> we actually, I just wanted to pull this up from Red Davis because he is a former guest of the show. And Red Davis is in the room? In. Yeah, he's in the room saying what's up. Hope you all are doing great. I am doing great, Red. I hope you're on the show again in the future, too. I was not on that episode, but I listened to that episode, and you were a great guest. So thanks for saying hi. Yeah, Red Davis is a, is a quality dude, man. He took a great picture of him wearing uh, the pink and black, which you can see. If you're watching on StreamYard, Kate did a great job with this, with these banners and these designs. Oh, I, didn't do the, I didn't do your dope-ass background, but it looks really good. The banners. Oh, who did the dope-ass background? I don't know. Probably Tony, maybe Matt. I don't know. So that was already there. I'm just the talent. That's right. <laughs> At least one of us has to be. Stop! <laughs> You've been doing this for almost a decade, Kevin. Well, that's right. The that's better part for you. But yeah. That's a great. Yeah, I think I was. God, I think it was about a year in, maybe a year, two years. So, te- oh, yeah. so I got to get to like 2022 or 23 for it to be my official 10 year, and uh, but. It, that's what it is right now. The ten year X is over the uh, the Shining Wizards logo on there. God, break it. it down. All right, so let's get into the picks. Back to the picks. We're, we're back to picks. Oh, what were we thinking? We digress. We have a detention span of goldfish. Ah. <laughs> Who needs a soundboard? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Wolf, get it. Uh, Wolf, get it. Bickety bam. Okay. I'm trying to remember all the drops that we have and see if I can do them. I hate your guts. <laughs> oh, I hate your guts. Um, let's see what else is there. How dare you? <laughs> oh, what, what, ah. <laughs> what the what oh, fuck? Are, geez, I can't talk. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I have no, I'm not gonna say that one. But 
<laughs> we'll skip it. We'll skip this. We'll we'll that one. I think only Matt can do that. God we damn. just gave them all new drops. They're all remixed. So you're all re- oh, they're so remixed. This is the remix to ignition. That's a terrible uh, reference. Go- the kitchen. Yeah. God. All right. So let's get into the picks. Let's go into our, our, our totals going in. Uh Tony is in the lead. Going into Death Before Dishonor, he was at a, a whopping 137, 52, and 1. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the 1 was. I'm guessing it's something that some sort of multi-person match that none of us got right. Or, no, but that would, that would count as a loss. Wasn't or, there a pay-per-view where you guys had all the same picks? Well, me and Tony had all the same picks last night. Okay. So oh, last no night mo- you had all the same picks. Oh. Yeah, so no movement there between me and, and Dr. Donk. Uh, but all right, so going in, Tony was 137, 52, and one. I was 131, 58, and one. And Matt was 117, 72, and one. Uh, so Matt, uh, very, very, very far behind. Last night, uh, I went six and two. T Donk went six and two. And Matt went five and three. And I guess we can go through the matches and just kind of dissect them. Uh, as we go, because Kate, you were there for this, so I think that that can play a very a very big part in the analysis of what uh, of the show. All right, so let's just run through the quick results real quick. Dalton Castle versus Eli Isom. Uh, me and Tony had Dalton Castle. Matt had Isom. That's a loss for Matt. A win for me and Tony. Uh, Matt did win Taylor uh, Rust versus Jake Atlas. Uh, me okay. and Tony took. Me and Tony took Jake Atlas. I don't. That one kind of surprised. Did that did that surprise you at all or no? A little bit, but it was kind of hard because it was two guys who are brand new, no yeah. real story there. Like that, that could have gone either way. But Atlas was really over, so that rules. Yeah, and and I feel like Atlas has a lot more buzz. And this is nothing against Taylor Rust. I honestly don't really know a whole lot about him, but um, I know that uh, that Jake Atlas seemed to have a whole lot of buzz, especially around this area in Jersey and New York, and and you know down South Jersey for all these shows that are coming up. So I always thought I thought Jake Atlas had steam, but once I saw Taylor Rust in the ring, I was like, all right, I get it. This guy, this guy looks the part. He he could be somebody great. So um, good win, Taylor Rust. Uh, losses from myself and T Donk. All right, so this one was great. This one was a crazy match. Violence Unlimited. Uh, we all won. We all took Violence Unlimited over our dear good personal friend LSG, uh, John Walters, and Lee Moriarty. Uh, so this one is this is this is an interesting. This might be a first. This is a match that Kevin, Matt, and Tony all lost. We had really? all taken. Oh yeah, we had all taken the Briscoes, but the OGK, dear good close personal friends, uh, Mike Bennett and Matt Taven, defeated the Briscoes. And and was this a match for a a number one? Was this a number one contenders match? KTJ. I don't think so. This was kind of just like an offshoot. I don't think this was like a proving ground match or anything like that. This was just uh, yeah. like it felt a little thrown together. But I did also did not get a chance to watch the episode of Ring of Honor leading into this, right. where the tag teams had the tag team titles just changed hands. So maybe there's more going on there than I know about. Yeah, I, 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 it seems like Wall with not actually being deemed. A number one contenders match it felt like a number one contenders match that's right it might have been a proving ground match which is like the 
the match for a title shot, basically, essentially a number one contendership match. But uh, I didn't n- know of that stipulation if that was the case. But yeah, it was a really solid match. Like I was, I was surprised by it. Um, the person that ended up taking Matt's ticket, who was sitting next to me, is with Body Slam. His name is Cass. He told me a very interesting story about the Briscoes, uh, specifically Jay, and how he owes him twenty dollars. So Jay Briscoe just Venmo Cass his twenty dollars for the T-shirt you never sent him. And wait, 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 wait. We can't, we can't let that go. All right. So, so wait a second. Matt gave a ticket to to who? To, to who? Bob? Okay. So Matt couldn't go. Tombstone Jesus. No, no, no. Matt couldn't go unfortunately because he had to work. Uh, but Cass, who is a reporter for Body Slam, runs all of Body Slam. Um, was mediated for the event and ended up sitting with us because we were in the front row because Matt always gets incredible seats for things. So well, it was I mean, like, listen, when you're when you're a shining wizard for ten years, it comes with some perks, KTG. It comes with some perks. And Matt, and no one deserves more perks than millionaire Matt. Especially like, if you if you put if your phone like comes off and there's a text message and it says millionaire Matt, you better you better pull out the red carpet. You better pull out the platinum carpet. You better you better you, you better be ready. You better be prepared to treat him like the millionaire he is. That's basically it. That's right. Um, but so he was sitting next to us. And he told us. All right, so let's 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 go into who is. I'm sorry, I, I want. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I need to know who is us. So it was me, Ryan Schlong from the Wednesday Night Show, yeah. and then Cass. All right. Who he broke the Brian Danielson story about him coming to AEW. Very credible reporter was sitting next to us. Wait, the Jay what story? Thing. The uh, Brian Danielson's return. Oh, Brian Danielson story. The United Center uh, Rampage episode. He's he's great. He does his job really well. So much fun. You know, I know Bob. That's a very very, yeah. great, very great site. Very great site. Awesome dude. We'd interacted a ton. I never actually got to meet him, but I was very excited. Uh, and he was sitting next to us, and he told us the story about how Jay Briscoe, he ordered a T-shirt from him and never got uh, sent to him, and he just wanted his money back, and then Jay Briscoe blocked him. Matt wants to know what this bullshit banner is. Matt, you're bad at picks. Okay, I'm sorry, but you're this isn't it's not great this year for you. Wait, what banner? Here. Bullshit ban. Did he mean banter? Oh, Matt is bad. Oh man, I didn't see that. <laughs> I had the picks, I had my picks up, so I didn't see that you put a Matt is bad at picks. He only <laughs> lost one, he only lost like one more match than we did. He didn't do terrible. What did you say his record was though? He went five. Oh no, he's bad overall. But here's yeah, the thing with Matt. Here's the th- and here's the thing with well, I guess it's just Matt. Matt doesn't pick with who he actually thinks is going yeah. to win. He picks to make up grounds and he plays the the game. Whereas it's all I about always, the game and how you play it. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's time to play the game sometimes, you know. Um, but I oh, I will never. I guess maybe maybe because I'm not a millionaire, I have more integrity than Matt. So you think he's corrupt with his newfound I, money? I think he, I, I think money's changed him, and I, I think, and I think he wants he he just, he just cares about winning because listen, millionaires, billionaires, they don't get they don't get rich by by you know not playing the game. They play the game. the game. They don't give a they don't give a a stink about integrity. They don't give a, a heck about personal pride. They're just in it to get back in it when they're not in it. Whereas myself, 
a man of the people, a lowly uh, guy from the mean streets of West Orange, New Jersey. I will never, I will never compromise my integrity. I will never just pick. I will never pick against something that I believe. So, just to make up ground. So, if I believed that, you know, you know, Bandito was gonna lose to say Brody King, I would have picked Brody King, even yeah. though it could set me more back down in the rankings. But Matt, on the other hand, Matt has no shame, and I don't think Tony does either. To be honest with you, it, it was helps a- to make the picks. From what I understand, so you got to do that. Well, yeah. Well, that—that's the other thing. I'm also an idiot. <laughs> so. oh, there, look, there's a lot of wrestling to submit picks for right now, but, uh, but yeah. And I, so, and I'm, I'm not. And, and part of it is just—it's more of defining the time to actually do like the research and like seeing what the consensus is, especially about shows that I don't watch. All I was the gonna time. say with New Japan too. It's like. You want to make educated decisions, but their booking is so freaking bananas anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> New, J- I'll, I'll, New Japan, whatever. Like, I'm not. I'll never be satisfied with anything I do in New Japan, whether I go ten and zero or zero and ten. It's just, it's just nuts. But like, I'll try to go to the, to the websites. I'll like first like four or five. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the strategy. Actually, if it's something that I know nothing about, I will type in predictions. You know, New Japan whatever battle at the dome part do I, <laughs> I don't know what they're called what their shows are called so so uh so i'll go down and i'll go to like i think last word on wrestling does picks i think cage side seats does picks i think maybe even like bleacher report has picks so i will go through and I literally will go through every single pick and of every reporter or every contributor to the to the sites and whoever has the most picks, that's who I pick. That's some some good NFL draft strategy. That's exactly. What you got. Oh, yeah. You're right. lining up big boards. I like it. I won my uh, one week one, and it's not even the it's not even the Monday night game, and I already won. Look at you. That's right. That's right, and that's why I missed Dynamite last week because I had my, my draft. football draft. Yeah. I'll do it. Number one pick I picked was, oh yeah, and my number one pick got hurt seven minutes before I picked him or reported no. that he was yeah, Austin Eckler from the Chargers. Oh he, no. I got him with the he played, but it was just uh it was crazy. Like I pick him and uh, my buddy Corey's like Kev you're not gonna like that pick. I'm like why? He's like he's hurt. I'm like what do you mean he's hurt? It just came across my thing like seven minutes ago that Austin Eckler got hurt. I was like oh, you no. son of a gun I've known the kid, I've known the guy since I was in third grade. He couldn't give me a heads up. I was gonna say maybe uh, we're talking about integrity with Matt here, right? Now Corey's got plenty of integrity. Matt, on the other hand, has none. Um, wow. No, listen, they're not here. This is like the first time that I could do this. You're I letting think, the chains off today. We're <laughs> and take Jap- Listen, I, no one appreciates a good yarn like Shining Wizards Millionaire Matt. That's what's up. So. So yeah, so that's how I make my picks. Uh, I, you know what I used to do? I used to go to, to the Vegas odds and whatever Vegas had, I just picked. That works too. But I don't do that for Red Honor or New Japan or any shows that I don't watch all the time. Even though I've been trying to be good, just sometimes you get busier than others. All right, so where were we in terms of uh, the well, matches we'll talk about here? The Briscoes and oh, the Briscoes and OG so why didn't this, yeah. why didn't Jay Briscoe just send them like a dozen eggs or like a couple dozen eggs or something like that? I don't know, but I also thought, why don't they have a finisher that's called Farm to Table? 
right. We should have a finisher called Fart No, no. Fart uh, table. I'm not. I'm. I'll, I. I like where you're going with this. You but, are not going to no sell me on puns. Kate, Kate no, no. Kate, it's a pun that means like you you done are dead and you're served up. Oh, I get it. And all right, so I didn't picture that aspect of it, but that makes it even better. And I, I, I was I was no I wasn't no selling. I was contemplating how great that idea was because now, see, Ring of Honor, you can't can can you use tables? Yeah, depending on the match. So if if the farm to table always involved a table at the end, oh, that's what I was that's what I was trying to think of. You were like, how do I smush this with the Dudley boys somehow? Yeah, <laughs> right? how, how do I? How do I make the two most over tag? How do I pick the, the most over tag team of Ring of Honor and have them completely rip off the most over tag team in WWE and, and ECW history? How can I do that? And now, how can I incorporate the farm part of it? There you go. Farm without a, or fight, fight without, farm without an honor. <laughs> fart without honors. Farm without honor. Fight without honor. Oh, fart without honor. I love that. I thought you said fart. I love farm without honor. <laughs> farm without honor. Oh my god. Um, Yo, yeah, so that, that should be a thing. All right. So, uh, so here's the here's Kate. Here's the deal. It's like one of those. It's like one of those moves that like a wrestler only brings out at like a certain time when it like me, when they need it the most. Yep. So, so I can't think of one off the top of my head, but like maybe when Undertaker used like Hell's Gate. Or like, uh, or when someone else just used, or like when Brock Lesnar busted out that oof, scary ass moonsault or shooting star press at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so every fight without honor, they bring out farm style. So now, how can we incorporate the farm? I don't know, because there's got to be like a chicken thing, right? Maybe yeah, they could just be like balking at them, like calling them chickens. Nope, I got it. Instead of barbed wire, chicken wire. <laughs> we nailed it. Yeah, I think we just... Briscoe's, uh, instead of sending that 20 bucks to whoever it was supposed to go to, Pass, you can just send yeah. that to us. Bring it. And we'll split it. We'll go to the gas station and have a, have a rip-roaring meal. Yes, we'll go to the gas station. <laughs> we will go to a gas station and get some hot dogs that slap. Get over that you've somewhere. never been like. Let me go get for me. Okay, depending on how long the road trip is and how like badly I need something, pull and peel Twizzlers. Okay, that's right. We have we do have to get back to this before we do forget because I will forget. Let's go through the rest of picks, and then we'll go revisit gas station snacks. Okay, all right. Best day ever. All right, so we left off at the Briscoes. All of us got this wrong. All three of us, Matt, Tony, and I, all had the Briscoes. Uh, but I, I'm not going to complain about the results. All four of these guys, former guests of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, all four of these guys, dear, good, close, personal friends. And uh, uh, what? All right, so I want to go through the, through the picks first, and then I want to talk uh, about everything that you experienced there sure. live. Yeah. So. So, all right. So this one, I think this one may have been the one that people may have been looking forward to the most. Uh, I don't know that, but just in my head, I feel like it is. And that's Josh Woods versus Jonathan Gresham for the pure championship. A lot of wonky stuff going on here. Uh, not in a bad way. Just, you know, start, finish, stop, finish. And 
and a restart. But Josh Woods is your new Ring of Honor pure uh, heavyweight champion. I don't even know if it's a heavyweight champion, but it's a pure champion. Pure champion, yeah. Yeah, pure champion. Uh, defeating Jonathan Gresham, uh, Kevin and Kevin, Tony and I. <laughs> Uh, Tony and I had Josh Woods becoming the new champion. Matt stuck with his guns and picked arguably the MVP of Ring of Honor, in my opinion, Jonathan Gresham, or as I like to call him, uh, the octopus power, because he reminds me of Ivan Putzky with his jacked little bowling ball frame. God. So jacked um, and so tiny. So yeah, Josh Woods beats uh, Jonathan Gresham. He's so Jackson. So he's he's Ivan Putsky, two thousand twenty, one twenty one. He he came out at the end of the show just in like shoot clothes and his glasses on, and I was like, he's just such like a jacked little nerd that you just want to talk. <laughs> you know what he's like? He's like you remember like when like in those old cartoons, where like or Tom and Jerry when like Tom or or Jerry would like be like all of a sudden like blow blow up his breath and like hold his breath to get all like jacked or like he would be like yes and you just be like that and then just walk like this just like walk like do like a very <laughs> like a very tame Vince McMahon walk but just like moving yeah. <laughs> like I can't put my arms down because they're yeah, so big yeah. so I angry. can't put my yeah. arms down I'm just gonna move them like I'm not really on a rowboat but I kind of am like, sort yeah. of like, like that's kind of him you're right that's him but uh, I think he's – he might be my favorite wrestler. I uh, wish I watched him more because he's got to be up there for me. Uh, I, so really, yeah. I really hope him and Daniel Bryan happens. I really do. How could that – all right, now we're going down a rabbit hole here. How can you foresee that possibly happening? Um, Is it – all right, so let me let – because me, I remember Daniel Bryan saying that he wanted to wrestle Jonathan Gresham, right? Yeah. That was a thing. That was a big thing, yeah. So if they both want it, and all this, oh, I love it, all this forbidden, forbidden door, door. Talk, <laughs> the forbidden door talk. That was for you, T Donk. <laughs> Do you think we could get Jonathan Gresham, uh, Daniel Bryan, and where would you expect it to happen? Could New Japan be a possibility? Could <gasps> could we yeah. have or or could a, would it be AEW? Do you think? I feel like this is so hard because this like the impact relationship wasn't really how I was planning how I thought that was going to go in my head. So it's hard to say yep. But I think the thing that makes the most sense for everyone involved is to do it on the platform with the biggest following. Right. So, um, but new Japan is to me the most interesting. And I, I feel like this Daniel Bryan contract with AEW is going to be a little different than punk. Like I think Daniel Bryan, when he was in WWE said that he wanted to work outside of WWE and they were actually willing to give it to him. Um, he mentioned that in the, the media scrum, but I think since he's doing like, this feels a little more like retirement tour ish than for, maybe for, punk. for, for punk for Bryan. Oh, for Brian. Yeah. He would like a big thing to him was to be able to go work other places. And I think he's gonna he's gonna do do his thing in AEW, but I, I think he'll probably also go to New Japan. He seems like the kind of guy that would go back to ROH to like pour his heart out there. I think he'll eventually move into a producer role somewhere, but I think this is going to be kind of like these next few years will be his his like last hurrah. Okay, so you just you basically just answered my question. Because when you um when you think retirement tour and you equate it to sports, it's like the last season. Like that's, that's it. You go or you, or if you're, or if you announce your retirement, like midway through 
the season and then like the final 30, 40 games, if it's baseball or if it's hockey or if it's, it's that, then that's it. But a retirement tour in wrestling to me seems like it could last for like four years. And what does that, is he just doing one G1? Is he doing one Wrestle Kingdom and that's his retirement to New Japan? Or is he going to yeah. stick around? Like that could mean a lot of things. So I think it would be really cool for him to go back to Ring of Honor and do it. Um, you know, if, if there wasn't at least a cordial enough relationship in there, I don't think you have like Punk's first words out of his mouth basically be about Ring of Honor when he came back. So like if yeah. if there's all this interpromotional stuff, maybe it's a best of three and they do two of them in AEW and one in Ring of Honor and then you're selling like one really special event in Ring of Honor but getting the exposure in AEW. There's a lot of possibilities with that, but that's like to me one of the coolest matches I think that could ever happen. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And the fact that if if Daniel Bryan, like here's the thing, if Daniel Bryan didn't mention that he wants to wrestle Jonathan Gresham, like I don't know if I don't know if anyone would be going out of their way to make it happen. Yeah. Right? Especially he was still under contract with WWE when he said that. So like that's kind of a to me that's an even bigger deal is him saying that like yeah. <laughs> well, he's still signed somewhere else that wouldn't allow that to happen and now he's somewhere else that is proactively working interpromotionally, right? So Yeah, I um, feel like I feel like Tony Khan is like kind of like the host of a party that doesn't really care what you do to his house. <laughs> kind like, of, yeah. Like like ah, oh, come and go as you please. Do what you want. Like like, like if you want to put your feet on the sofa, put your feet on the sofa. <laughs> It's we wear little, shoes in our living room. Yeah, no coaster, no problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> take my car, please. <sighs> like he doesn't care. Like I mean, he he does understand. Obviously, again, billionaires don't become billionaires without knowing how to run a business. But I feel like he's like he understands because he's a fan that That's, he under yeah. he understands how important it is for wrestlers to do certain things, and if it gets his company more exposure by bringing these huge names, Adam Cole, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, you know, the list goes on and on since day one, that he will let them live their dream just because he has so much respect for them. So, Yeah, and he's... <laughs> they're independent contractors there in like a real way, so he yeah. kind of doesn't have a choice, but he continues to honor that, right? So like... I, yeah. I'm sure some people are working on exclusive deals because there's just people that are not functioning in the indie scene and it's a lot of their their top talent, right? You don't see MJF working the indies anymore. Right. You don't see Rip Baker working the indies anymore. So they probably get compensated for that accordingly, but see a lot of this other talent out there. So if Daniel Bryan said, look, I want to do this, this, and this, it, like it seems like Tony Khan in those situations is like, all right, bet. Like yeah. Malachi yeah. Black was like, I have this idea. And Tony Khan was like, Okay. <laughs> so um, I, I think that's really healthy. You just gave me another name for my list here. And actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna change it from a top five. And I think you're really gonna like what what we're gonna come up with for this for this game that I that I just invented on the fly. So I think this is gonna be a lot of fun later, but all right, let's let's run it back because we're gonna be all over the place because hey this is what what they used to say on like z100 this is flush the format baby we're just doing what we do and we're just gonna go with our guts and how we feel and where the conversation takes us uh we would we want to thank everyone for joining us on Streamyard. we are not on the rant tonight uh we are on facebook we are on twitter 
I should probably retweet that. Um, <laughs> but bringing uh, us back to with Jonathan Gresham and Josh Woods, I'm very curious to see because I feel like the pure matches always read better with Ian Riccoboni's ter- uh, commentary and, and Caprice, of course. But uh, watching pure matches live, the technical wrestling is incredible, but you lose a lot of the story. And right. I'm like such a Riccoboni mark. Uh, he's just, I think, so fantastic of, at what he does. So I didn't love what I saw unfold in front of me for in the story for the most part. I will say it was very different than the other 13 Jonathan Gresham pure matches that we got. And it, um, I like Josh Woods quite a bit. Like, I think he's a fantastic next champion. Uh, but watching it unfold in front of me, it didn't feel... Like, the, the great thing with the pure matches is there are additional rules and then when you fuck with those rules uh that makes it interesting right that's so, the coolest part about having the divisions but this felt like a little bit overkill live so so walk me through what happened with with the initial finish here because i watched it i'm not gonna lie to you full disclosure here on the wizards podcast i had it on like like you know the speeds that you could watch it on the honor club i had it at like at two so i can just try to see everything uh so there was a pinfall but then Jonathan Gresham said, no, I'm not going to tarnish my, my... So did Jonathan Gresham initially win the match in that little weird little roll-up sequence? So it was... Basically, there were a few spots where the ref had controversially Uh-oh. said, like, you both used a rope break here. Um, it was fun when they both lost all of their rope breaks because you couldn't get out of a submission by breaking the rope. That's always awesome for storytelling. It just makes it feel very... Uh, real and like that device was used appropriately. That pinfall spot was called the same way as that rope break where they, it was a, a non-finish um, and that neither of them had won because they basically had both like both submitted, I guess it was weird. So Wait, I, I thought it was, it looked like it was, they were both either pinned or did the time run out? Like what? The time didn't run out. It was, it was a no finish. I, I don't think it wasn't by disqualification, but it was like they had both either I think exhausted the rules or something. It was like very weird live too. But Jonathan Gresham basically said like not like this, right? Yeah. Like we're not going to have a non finish here. That's not how I work. I'm the champion. I lead by example. So they restarted the match. It was a restart and not a new match because there were no more rope breaks or anything like that. Like the pure rules didn't reset. Um but it was like kind of muddy live. It just looked like they had basically both pinned each other. <laughs> so um, okay, all right. So so they restarted it, and then Josh Woods ended up winning. But it was just like I liked the storytelling of you've both used your rope breaks to get to this point because it enhanced the match in a lot of ways. I think. But like some of the muddiness with the referees and the fans who just like wouldn't lay off the referees to a distracting point. Like I get it. You're supposed yeah. to boo the referees when they do dumb shit, but like there's a point where that needs to stop in and after so, the match. So so did the referee actually do something dumb or was it just the rules forced him to look like he did something dumb? It was he, he didn't shoot do anything wrong. He like okay, all right, okay, story, okay. yeah. So like people were playing along, but there's also like a point where you need to like chill out on it, and they were doing it for the entire night. The crowd was a little weird. Like they were not like super hot and then they would lean into really weird things i really missed if you need to go to um a show with someone the best person to go with is matt on this 
on the show. He's oh. the most fun, and we really right. miss him. <laughs> All right, so so you say that, but like, and I don't I don't doubt you, but I remember Matt the way he was like, <laughs> a very long time ago. And I would, and even, even so much more reason, like Matt, listen, to his credit, he has a great, he has a great time when he goes to wrestling shows and he doesn't hold back because, hey, he bought a ticket. He can do whatever he wants. He'll, if he wants to yell at King Kong Bundy and curse him out and, and get thrown out of a building, if he wants to, to yell for no reason, that's his right. And he loves doing it. And God bless him. But what I, I tell I don't you. Do- people were like laughing almost to the point when they were in tears at free enterprise around us. Because right. he was so maybe a little more pulled back than like the days of of your. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So. Oh my god! It was he was so much fun, and he just like has energy. The the physical building it's, itself was like also the temperature was just too hot in there. Like it was gross. At one point they turned off the fans and they should not have. Like you were sweating just sitting there. So the crowd was like just a little bit odd the whole time, and then the interactions with the crowd during the pure rules match was like, it was not good. Like there's playing along with the story. And then there's like basically harassing someone and harassing that ref the rest of the night, like in other matches he did. So it was just like, it was just a weird energy a little bit in the, in the whole room. And I, I think watching, always watching the pure matches back after a pay-per-view is so much better. Cause you just get so much more assistance with, with commentary and being able to watch, um, in like a more controlled environment. That's why I think. Yep. And I, I, I wanna I be remiss if we didn't mention the the first hour because we did not we did not pick that match, but there was of course the uh I guess I don't even know what it's called. It's some sort of uh rumble, royal rumble type deal. Yeah, like a battle royal situation. Which, um, uh, oh my gosh, yeah. Alex Zane, Alex Zane, I believe, won. Yeah, he came in. And won the whole thing. It was really good. I uh, There were some spots that dragged. And then there was one spot with Alex Zane where there were just like little logical things. He's so acrobatic that um, he kicked two people back in the ring. And you were like, but the point is to kick them out. But it almost doesn't matter because he's such an impressive athlete. But Battle Royale is always a fun way to start a show because it's so high energy. Um, but... Not the tag team high energy, unfortunately. There are no macaws in a battle royal usually, so <laughs> God, I love high energy. Love right? high energy. <sighs> I could do I could do a whole I could do a whole show on high energy. You should do and, a Patreon and they literally, profile. They literally on only lasted for like four months. And I could do a whole show on high energy. They should have been huge. On high energy, yeah, that would I have to think about that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh. All right. So I don't know. It's tough for me because again, I, I'm not a religious ROH watcher. Not by you know, because I have anything against them. It's just that I just don't have the time, and it's it's weird for me. Um. But Flip Gordon, our dear good personal friend, Flip Gordon, is now back to like all American hero Flippy Doo. Yeah, clean shaven. Back to that flip. They definitely needed to do something with him different. Um, it kind of makes sense if it's going where I think it might be going with him. But all right. So I, the, wait, when, I, when I when I saw this, I had to put the the volume on because I had to hear Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman were saying 
So they were they mentioned. I don't know if this is the first time he showed back up as like yeah. the flip of old, but like they were saying, like he 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 was suffering from like retrograde amnesia. So like he didn't really know, like are, are they playing off like he doesn't even like know that he did like the mercenary stuff and he he just thought he was always. Uh, this is a Cactus little... Jack situation. I didn't know that's uh, where we were going. That's what they said. They said he's he, something happened a couple weeks ago where he, he was announced that he had amnesia. So I don't know if this is a part of it or if this is completely mutually exclusive where he just wanted to come back as Flip, which I I'm all for. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, Flip's gonna win this thing. Like, like all American flippy do. Like that's like that's the guy. All American flippy do. Um, he had a good showing, and he definitely needed a character change. He was really, 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 really losing steam with the crowd. I don't think his uh, political stances helped in some ways during that time. Uh, his feud with EC3 wasn't like great, but he lost a lot of. Uh, momentum I think so to see him switch it up to anything was just really promising I'm willing to see where that goes with him as back to like good old clean shaven flip Gordon smiling at you during the match again um but yeah he, he definitely was that was the first time I saw it but I was also a week or two behind on on tv ring of honor right and it doesn't seem like there's I can't think in my head how many different characters Flip had other than Flip Gordon and the mercenary. So I can't see how long like an amnesia storyline would go in terms of like maybe recreating other characters. Maybe he just does this all American thing. And then maybe, cause listen, I dug, I dug the mercenary character. I thought like it gave Flip a different look. Uh, it, it completely, it completely developed him. Uh, from or transitioned him from that just high spot guy, uh, which I mean, when your name is Flip Gordon, what else are you really supposed to be? So, like, to have it add more depth to his character, the mercenary, I really, really enjoyed. Uh, anything he says on social media, anything aside, I don't even know what he says to be honest with you. But, uh, but yeah, so it, that was cool for me to see him back. He looked, he looked great, and he, like you said, he had a strong showing. Alex Zane does take that. We didn't pick that because. We weren't sure who was going to be in that match. There were only 10 announced at the time. So let's move on. So now this was the one that we all got right. Matt, Tony, and I all picked Shane Taylor promotions. Although it wasn't. What's this? Just your, your right. friend. No, KP no, it's Burke true. I get that a lot. Saying you look like Aaron Shining Rogers. Wizards, Kevin K.P. Burke. Speaking of, yeah, of people having new looks. KP Burke, I just plugged your, I just plugged, I just plugged your album and your release party, and uh, listen, you could look a lot worse than Aaron Rodgers, I guess. Not on the football field, you couldn't look worse than he did on <laughs> yesterday. It's hard but, when you don't be there. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly, exactly. Uh, Shane Taylor Promotions in a six-man match uh, defeated. I always screw this up. I believe it's Faction de Ingrelenables. Ingovernables. Ingovernables. Or as Shane Taylor likes to call them, Ingovernables bitches, which is the That's greatest right. thing in the world. I'll let I'll I'll go with whatever Shane Taylor says. Uh but Shane Taylor was not in this match. He gets taken out before the match even starts and he's replaced. Uh so it's the other three against uh La Faccione in Grape Ables. 
Nailed it. You sound just like JR. That's right. Oh my god. Yeah, this is a great WWE pay-per-view. It's fantastic. Your WWE champion, Josh Woods. Yeah, your W your, your, Sorry, your WWE, WWE pure champion, I should I should clarify. That's right. It's actually it's actually a WWE, it's actually a WWE Pure champion. They come out and put stuff in a blender and whoever does it the best actually wins. Perfect. So uh, yeah, they set so up yeah. a really nice story in this match between Kenny King and Shane Taylor, which I will take that as a singles match any day of the week. I'm very excited about that. Um, this match had like a bit of a weird finish. I was trying to buy Matt a shirt at merch and taking a walk during this finish, All right. but All right. Ryan gotta... Schlong said it had a weird finish, All right. and I trust his judgment. You got to stop. You, you got to stop burying the leads here. What shirt were you trying to buy, Matt? An STP shirt, actually, but they were out of his size. Not even close to his size, actually. Oh, I know. I can't I can't tell how I feel about this, KTG. Why? Because on the one hand, you're doing Shane Taylor promotions of Ring of Honor solid by buying their merch, but on the other hand, you're leaving during their match. Okay, but when I tell you it was humid in there, I also just needed some air. So I did go and do that. And there was not a match wow, on this okay. card that I didn't want to. And I didn't think I was going to miss the finish. Um, but I ended up missing the finish. And it's kind of cool. I, until these Ring of Honor shows, had not been to the ECW Arena, 2300 Arena before. But you can still see a lot of what is going on when you're at like the merch concession area because the doors are just very, very, very wide. So you can see a lot of what's happening. The finish would just happen to be because we were sitting on the hard cam side on the other side. So I missed it. Um, but it was a really good match from what I could see. Like I, I really, really like everything STP is doing. And then collisions of styles is always like such a, a fun thing. And there's nothing more different than STP and those low and cover now place bitches. Yeah. But Edward O'Shea uh, replaced him in the match and did had a really strong showing. So, good yeah, stuff. The, the, the grapes of Nobles. <laughs> All right, Jim Ross. All right. So, we, <laughs> I, we're, I, we might be experiencing a little delay issue here, so I apologize for that if me and KTG talk over each other. Occupational hazard on the, in the first, uh, first StreamYard show. Of the of the Wizards podcast existence, we go to the main event of the evening in my eyes, and that is the finals of the inaugural. Uh, well, I don't know if it's inaugural. It's the uh, women's uh, uh, Ring of Honor Women's World Championship tournament, where we have Roxy versus Miranda. And help me with this pronunciation because I don't know it. Is it Elise? Is it Elise? Elize. I used to call her Miranda Elise for like literally months and it's Elize. So <laughs> you're not alone in that. Oh, it's Alize. Yeah. Yes, sir. Are you a little all delayed? Right, all right, all right. I like it. All right, Roxy. Roxy, former guest of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, we're, we're, it's definitely a delay. I'm trying to close everything that I had open just to maybe hopefully that helps because I had all the notes and and results from other shows up, but I will del- take them down and close any other programs I have. Roxy, only what? She's only like, what, 18 years old? 
She's very young. She had a very strong showing. Uh, both she and Miranda Ellis, they did both did really well in this match. Started a little sloppy and a little bit slow. Really, really picked up once they just started laying their shit into each other, which is what you love to see in a finals. Um, Miranda's an, an awesome heel too. She just did a lot of really strong work in this match as far as her selling went. She was selling the loss even as uh, Roxy was celebrating. I thought this could have gone either way. Roxy felt like the homegrown talent, which was kind of cool. Like I think a lot of her notoriety came up through Ring of Honor, where I think like Miranda Alize was on Impact a couple of times and had worked AEW Dark. I think a lot of people got to know Roxy through this. And the whole tournament was pretty cool. Um, right, Maxi gonna... Impaler is like very, very over. I learned that at uh, Glory by Honor, which was really cool. A lot of people got to know who Trisha Adora was. A lot of people got to know who Willow Nightingale was. And like, even though they didn't advance to the finals, I think they got a lot of really good exposure out of it. And it's just nice to see Ring of Honor caring about women's wrestling to this extent. But the match itself was really, really strong. And I think Roxy's going to be such a great inaugural champ. She was very over. And the place came unglued, absolutely unglued uh, when she won. It was probably the biggest pop of the night, which was really cool to see. Yeah, that's that, that's incredible. Um, I think I wanted, if I had my way again, I don't know when when she lost or or what. I, I was really hoping for again another former guest, Trishadora, uh, to to take this. I'm I'm a big fan of hers, but Roxy, God bless, uh, young champion, big things popping for her. I can't believe I just said big things popping. Big things popping, and Trishadora also, um, after her loss, Shane Taylor Promotions. Well, Shane Taylor of Shane Taylor Promotions, like Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration. <laughs> uh, Shane Taylor went over to her and, and was like, we're going to let you know who they are, uh, them know who you are. Like, they're not going to forget you. So I have a feeling she might be sticking around in, in other capacities. I hope they harvest a lot of the, the women's talent that came through there because they really did pick a lot of the best women on, in independent wrestling. So hopefully uh, they continue to feature them because it was great. Absolutely. And uh, we all took Roxy to win that. So Tony, myself and Matt all won that match. And this brings us to the main event of the evening, uh, the four-way match between Bandito, Brody King, EC3, and who am I forgetting? So you said Brody King, Bandito, EC3, who got disqualified. Oh my God! Who was the first person? I, in? I closed. I closed everything, so I don't have it. I just who had the, the results. Person? Oh, I, I don't know. You were there. I was there. Oh my gosh! I remember EC3 getting disqualified because of the chair shots. Someone in the, someone. Indito and Brody were the final two. Why am I an idiot? No, it's it's. I literally I, listen, saw I, it yesterday. I had it. I literally watched it at work today. Uh. I just didn't. Ha- I didn't have it when I wrote the results of the show. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look it up. You gotta look it but up. But not a surprising ending. Yeah, I. Part of me, like I actually went and switched. I really thought that maybe this could have been EC3's moment to like establish himself in Ring of Honor finally, because uh, as a lot of people think, it hasn't been the most memorable run for him. I don't think. Yeah. So. I- to me, it looked like um, oh, Flamita was. I'm sorry, Flamita was the the fourth. Oh yeah, demon, demon, Flamito. Yeah. Um. So EC3 just doesn't have. He's not close enough to where a title could make him. Like he just doesn't. 
he hasn't gotten a crowd reaction in I, I saw him at free enterprise i saw him at glory by honor and i saw him at this and he's just not getting anything like to the point where i don't think it's like hey this guy has a little momentum if we put the title on him it'll make him okay. um there's just nothing there right now brody king i think would be an interesting next choice uh but we're gonna get bandito versus jonathan gresham they set that up at the end of the show so my word uh if jonathan gresham takes the title from him i don't think you're gonna see anybody complain about bandito being a transitional champion with everything else that's going on and as you said before jonathan gresham like just is the heart and soul of of ring of honor right now um but i i think that matches i mean bandito versus jonathan gresham like how do you not sign up for that that's gonna be amazing Now, let me ask you this, because I thought I saw something and I didn't include it in my results because it wasn't really concerning picks. Did Jay Lethal do something on the show? Did he cut a promo after the uh, after the six man? Yeah, so not the six man with STP and those ingovernables bitches, but uh, yeah. Devin and Dickinson and LSG and Walters and uh, Lee Moriarty, that match. It was kind of... This is why the energy in there was weird too, I think. The sequencing of stuff was a little bit off. And this is what I mean by that. They had this really great match. Everybody looked great. Lee Moriarty's awesome. Um, Deppin is, you gotta see Deppin live. Like he's so much fun to watch on TV. Deppin live is like a whole other experience. Um, But so they had this match which isn't a pure match, but features a lot of pure competitors. LSG is next in line for a title shot now against Josh Woods, which is cool because he's next ranked. Um, but like then Jay Lethal comes out and gives this promo, promo kind of, where he's saying goodbye to Lee Moriarty, which was really cool because he'd only been there that one time, but seemed like he would be a good fit, basically. Uh and start talking about like how pure wrestling is the heart and soul of this company and all of these things. And then like CB and the beer city bruisers and a couple of other people come down to the ramp as they're like watching Jay lethal, give this promo and nothing happens. So I thought it was going to be like the pure guys maybe versus like the both CB is had a pure match at the last show, but like, maybe there was going to be a juxtaposition there or something. And then I was like, Oh, well maybe Jay lethal was setting up Gresham and woods. But the thing that followed was like Briscoe's and OGK. So it just was, it's not like it was a bad promo. It just made no sense in the context of the show without commentary. I don't know if commentary sold it, um, but it was like a nod to the match that just happened kind of, but it, why was there a collection of people at the end of the ramp? If nothing was going to happen there, like it was very, very odd. All right, so I'm going to guess that this may not have been on the broadcast. Oh, maybe. I'm I'm just going to guess because I I did watch that match and I didn't see any of that. So I'm going to – I could have missed it. I was at work. I could have have 100% missed it. But it's to me, just the way that you're describing it, it sounds like – that maybe the Jay Lethal stuff did, but everything else just didn't was just maybe there was a video package for something else going on while this was happening. Why do you have a collection of people at the end of the ramp? I don't, like, I kept I don't... waiting for something to happen. And I thought maybe it was just like a nod to Lee because he's such a good tactical wrestler, but like 
It wasn't like, it was just, it felt very out of place and it was yeah. very long. <laughs> all right. So that then, then, all right. So I, again, I could be dead wrong about it, but it, to me, it just seems like a segment, especially if nothing resulted in it. Like there was no like fight. They were just there to, and what? Cause Lee Moriarty is now going to AEW, right? Yeah. And maybe those are just like his shoot friends that came to the end of the ramp for all I know. Like you could be right. That might've not been for TV. Um, which would make sense because nothing came out of it, but it just felt, it felt odd to have that. And then to like throw to like the Briscoes, <laughs> like Briscoes and OGK, like we are pure wrestling. And then it's like, these guys are here to murder you though. <laughs> like, it was very odd. I thought we were going to move into Gresham and Woods, but farm to table, baby farm to table. <laughs> it's perfect. All right, so let's just recap the 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 rankings. This is this was a very combined uh, segment with rankings and discussing the Ring of Honor pay per view. I actually think it went incredible. Thank uh, you. So that's great. We got really good insight from Kate, who was at the show Death by Dishonor. All right, so like we said, I went six and two. Tony went six and two. Matt went five and three. All respectable showings. Uh, Tony and I's picks were identical, obviously, and. Um, Matt uh, had a couple that were different than ours. So our final leaderboard stands, if my sixth grade math or fourth grade math or second grade math is correct, we now stand in at uh, Tony is in lead with 143 wins, 54 losses, and one tie, I guess. And uh, I am, I guess I am six games back at 137 wins, uh, 60 losses, and one tie. Uh, that is because I did not pick six matches on an entire pay-per-view. <laughs> so, uh, and Matt, Matt, uh, he doesn't gain any ground because uh, he went five and three. We went six and two, uh, 122, 63, and one tie. Uh, so that is our Ring of Honor coverage. It was great. Kate was there. Great insight. If I think of anything more to ask you or to get your opinions on as we move along on the show, I will 100% ask Kate, though. What do you say we take a little break, Ski? Before and, we do um, that, I do just okay. want to say that when I was in the bathroom and came back from the match we were talking about with STP and those Los and Governables bitches, um, I was walking back to my seat and Dragon Lee was sitting next to Ryan Schlong in my seat. Yo, so <laughs> so that's why I want to watch back more than anything. <laughs> Yo, Dragon Lee straight up stole your Dragon Lee straight up stole your seat. He did. After the match, they were all on the ringside. There was a little girl who had a sign for him. She was like a, a little kid, definitely of Hispanic heritage. She was so cute. Okay. Uh, but he sat right down next to Ryan Schlong. And I was like, I have to go watch that because he's definitely on camera. Uh, it, it was a great watch. Just a little under four hours, including the, the, the one hour pre-show match. All right. So we're going to take a little break here. Uh, if you're watching live, there are not going to be commercials. Uh, there will not be patreon plugs i can try i can try patreon plugs or if someone if maybe if mac can i can find them maybe i'll do patreon plugs uh but i maybe mac can put them in post after commercials uh so i'm gonna go ahead and say that's what's gonna happen but what we're gonna do right now is we're just gonna turn off the camera uh from the stream and then we'll be back in a few minutes uh and kate i'm gonna let you do the honors again you're <gasps> you're firing on all cylinders right now kate what with your line, do though? We, or what do you say for the first time ever? You can say it, Kate. Kate listen, I'm having it? such a good time. I'm going to let you do that. 
back. Oh, see, damn it. The delay screwed it. All right, hold on. <laughs> I'll do it again. Ready? No, no, wait, wait, wait. I got I to gotta set you up again. Okay. All right. All right. So, Kate, what do we always say? But what are you saying for the first time ever? Back after this. We'll be right back. We know you love shopping at Amazon, and we also know you love listening to The Shining Wizards. That's why you're hearing this commercial right now. But were you aware that you can combine the two, do all your shopping, and support the show at the same time? Well, of course you can. Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com and make your purchases the way you normally would. You're going to get the same great low prices, and a portion of whatever you purchase is going to go to support the Shining Wizards. How great is that? You, by purchasing anything that you normally would anyway, is going to support us. That's a win-win in my book. So from now on, when you shop at Amazon, go to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com or click the banner on our website and do all of your shopping with the Shining Wizards. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb. And every week we bring you a fistful of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Rea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Journey is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. 
Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network. And join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. wrestling fans you want something awesome check out wrestling night in canada here on the shining wizards network where three canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling every episode we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd unique interview as well so grab a cold one and check out wrestling night in canada eh? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Roadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Absolutely, mate. Take it easy. We back. That's right. Is this, uh, we, are, we li- are we live again? We are live again. All right. We are back live on the Shining Wizards podcast, at Wizards podcast, on Twitter, Instagram, all forms of social media. I am joined by uh, this is Shining Wizards Kevin here along with Kate Kate on deck IC uh also very very new and very great contributor to fightful.com's uh social media platforms and YouTube videos and and recaps and rampage recaps and smackdown recaps and distraction podcasts and and, and all this all this great <laughs> stuff no Matt no Tony we're holding it down for you though no problem we just uh went through uh, an extensive uh, ring of honor coverage Kate had a great time. Uh, Matt wishes he could be there, but don't worry about it. Dragon Lee uh, was a very suitable replacement. Yes. For for Shining Wizards, Matt. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to fail miserably, Kate. But I'm going to try to I'm going to try to see if I can name as many Patreon supporters as I can. Ooh, this will be fun. This will be great fun. Uh. Every every so often, I try to do it. I always forget people, so don't worry. I'm sure uh, your name will get mentioned, if not by me, by somebody else. If you listen in podcast form, all right. So we're going to start but off with, as always, we thank those who support the Shining Wizards podcast, and you can go to Patreon.com and you can subscribe, and you can for as low as a dollar a month support the Shining Wizards. Do the ten dollar tier though, and get your box of wizardry, because Matt. Packs them out. I get the coolest shit every three months in my box of wizardry. So make yeah. sure you do that tier. But you could also get your name read on air, like Kevin's going to do. Normally, there's a list and we know exactly who it is. But Kevin is going off the top of the old noggin. So That's this right. is going to be real, real fun. And, and and don't forget that our just at our three our three dollar tier, uh, you get bonus shows every month. Uh, we've been 
Summers are tough. Work schedules get crazy. We, we, we can't always bang them out uh, with the frequency that we want to, but we're trying and we're working hard for you. Uh, so the so $3 tier gets you the bonus episodes. If you're, if you're in, I believe, I want to say the $5 tier, but it might be the $10 tier. We just included some uh, snazzy pins in, uh, in your box of wizardry, or we just sent them out to you. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, those will be going on sale, I believe, to the general public uh, soon if we're not including them in uh, more boxes. All right, so let's try this, Kate. Let's try Let's try to see if I can get the Patreons. You know what? I should go to the Patreon and see how many we have. Mm. So, I can, so I can use math and try to figure it out. All right, so right off the bat, I'm going to go with uh, the king of the Shining Wizards uh, podcast, my, Mr. Manny Crozzo. The Queen of the Shining Wizards podcast, Miss Kathy Hammer. Um, <laughs> she's been with us since day one ish. So shout out to the King and Queen of the podcast. Uh, I guess Kate. I guess I can include you in there, right? Kate over at On Deck, I see. Yes, you can. There you go. Thank you very much for supporting the Shining Wizards Wrestling podcast. Uh, um, my oh, no relation to the KJG Matt Garifo. Don't even know. Don't even know who that guy is. I'm trying to remember my Patreon login password. Sure, it has something to do with Kurt Hawkins. Let's see. <laughs> Don't tell people that, but also probably, yeah. Yeah, not definitely does. Matty Millinger? Ah, uh, oh, yes, Matt Millinger. Uh, his friend makes experimental music. No! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, the, the, all right, so 25. So uh, the Mott Spock. Yeah. Uh, Thomas. Uh, Thomas Cop from the the uh, Turnbuckle Throwbacks, the only person r- reasonable to listen over there or something. Um, I think that's Jay, but keep going. Oh, what did I say? Thomas Cop. Oh, Jay Cop. Jay, the big cop of pump. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so Thomas. So Thomas Spock is the is the Mott Mott Spock. Spock is Tom. Is Milwaukee Tom? That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, Christine Friesendorf. Yeah. Uh, she makes experimental music. <laughs> Everyone makes experimental music at homeorpusbandcamp.com, Kevin. Uh, uh, Whose birthday is it? Oh, Mark Perloni. His band makes experimental music. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Mark. Happy birthday, Mark. Um, oh, uh, Gino Gotts. Sure. Oh, what do you hear? What do you say? Oh, I didn't realize that was him. What do you hear? Oh. What do you say? There you go. I was yeah, giving you all the heavy hitters tonight, KT. I know. Um, let's see. Uh, Tom uh, Thomas Horsey. He's a. Uh, he's a. Uh, what does he do? What does Thomas Horsey? He makes do? experimental music at Moon Harvest Band Camp. No, he doesn't. He, no, he doesn't do that. He. Uh, Oh, it's right. He has a he has a flea market that he runs every other Thursday at the fairgrounds. In in no, I'm just kidding. Now he runs experimental music. Uh, uh, give him a shout. He's great. Um, Ryan Arthur at Elementary Brewery. That's right. How can we forget good old Ryan Arthur, who sent us a text message earlier saying how much he loved the new pins that we included in the uh, in uh, in our merch. So thank you, Ryan Arthur. I God. Um, Mr. Ryan Schlong, Mr. Ryan Mark Schlong. Order podcast. That's right. The An- Anthony and Danny Rusinella, the AOP. That's right. Ryan Schlong, what do you hear? What do you say? AOP. 
who makes uh, experimental music. Yeah. The, the Anthony, Danny and Anthony, the king and queen of the Shadow Wizards podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Am I forgetting anybody else? Oh, we got a um, Ryan Arthur shout out from Front Flip. Oh, Ryan. Oh, oh flip, Front Patrons Flippy supporting do? other patrons. I love this. Front Flippy Do. Flippy Do. Flip. 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 Uh, Whatever, support all of them. Give them a follow. Uh, all Matt, of them make experimental music. Yeah, Matt. Well, I'm, I'm hoping. Oh, this is just this is just good. This is good radio. This is great radio. So uh, hopefully, Matt has the actual official handles and all that great stuff for them. But we we do you appreciate what, what? people tuning in who have never heard this before are going to be like, "What do you hear? What do you say? You know what I mean?" Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. I almost forgot the most important person. Guys, when William Mercier Jr., no relation to the KJG or the KTG, doesn't make experimental music, is, uh, doesn't doesn't hear, doesn't say, isn't a king or a queen, uh, doesn't help you out with anything that you need in your marketing. He's just a, he's just a guy who's, if, if, you, if you screw up, lives are going to be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, Kev. <laughs> See, again, coming in hot with, with Millionaire Matt's line. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. We are back here. Hope you're all enjoying this on the stream yard. Uh, front Flippy Do, Motsbach, whoever's still in there. I can't even tell who's in there. I didn't see that you just sent a message saying, say when. That was 10 minutes ago. Yep, <laughs> was to get back on air, but all good. We are here. We are live, pal. That's right. We are live, pal. Uh, no edits here. We're going to go live all night to the wee break of 9 p.m. All right, Kate. So I don't know where to go from here. And uh, I feel like transparency is like the best way to produce like a really authentic show. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of stuff that happened over the last two weeks. We're still in a huge, I guess, um, afterburn, aftershock tsunami of all the aew moves in terms of daniel bryan cm punk and adam cole daniel bryan and adam cole had their first appearance on dynamite i'm sure you guys discussed this on the wednesday night show uh, yes. so how do you feel that they followed up uh, more specifically all right so it looks like right away cm punk is already moving on from darby allen and he's going into to trying to get some more exposure for a younger guy in ricky Starks. how do you feel that went over with the interaction with taz and the the, the idea that maybe Will Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Hook could be involved in something with CM Punk. Uh, I I think it's a great use of Punk. I don't think you need him near a title until he's ready to take a title. So I think that's cool. And I think the title match that you do want is going to be a straight edge CM Punk versus a drunk cowboy and a hangman Adam Page. I think that has the makings of a great title feud written all over it when it's time. So why not put young guys over? Ricky Starks is phenomenal and that was like a dream match i had with sam punk coming into aw he named will hobbs as talent that he wanted to work with will hobbs has work to do uh, we saw in his match against dante martin it wasn't great um he's been he isn't the nastiest spine buster you've ever seen it's fantastic but uh he's he's got a, a long way to go so i think working with a veteran is probably good I don't know how CM Punk's going to take those bumps after not doing this for seven and a half years, but good right. luck to him. Um, 
And the promo was like started a little weird, but turned really great. Um, I popped huge for the survive of I let you move uh, from punk. I thought that was great. But yeah, I I can't wait to see Starks and Punk like between the the heel that Starks is with this ego and the type of babyface that Punk is being brought in as. I, I think it's just going to be great mic work. And I mean, Starks is fantastic in the ring and I think Punk will hold his own just fine. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of the promo starting a little awkward because I don't know if this was like scripted, but the fact that that CM Punk never mentioned Team Taz and Taz just says, don't you ever mention Team Taz? And, and Punk was just like, no, nobody did. What are you, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? He like, goes, literally nobody. Because yeah. no he threw it to the crowd of like, who do you want me to face? And he knew they were in Cincinnati, so everybody was going to say John Moxley or Brian Pillman probably. Great shout out to Aunt Linda as well, uh, who raised Brian Pillman Jr. if you watch the dark side of the ring stuff. Um, but it was like a fun, it almost felt, dare I say, a little Cena-y in the beginning of like, let's leave it up to these guys. Let's leave it up to the universe. And then Taz was like, get our names out of your mouth. And he just goes, literally nobody mentioned you. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like literally, it's literally one of those memes that you see where it's just like a picture of Taz and then like literally no one. Like, <laughs> absolutely no one. <laughs> absolutely no one. And then it's just Taz talking about himself. He did and, uh, recover well because Punk has mentioned them in interviews. So he was like, you mentioned them in the media, but yeah. it was that that made me laugh. So literally no one. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it took a while to get there. And, and then what went in now, you're right. I didn't think about it in terms of Cena, but it definitely did. And, and the way that Taz started off with it was like, it definitely was like, all right, this, you know, welcome home, uh, you know, tour or whatever it is like, just like stop with it. Cause it, it is, in I, I might be a little bit presumptuous here, but in three appearances, his third promo kind of still felt like I'm like, all right, dude, enough. Like we get it, you're happy, you're back. It's 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 great. Like now, nah, what are you gonna do? And then Taz Taz did his initial point was definitely well taken. Like just shut up about being all happy and and go lucky and and that stuff. But yeah, I think that's why. I think it was designed to to wear out its welcome a little bit. Like in Chicago, that made sense. Milwaukee, it didn't make as much sense, but like he trained for all of his UFC stuff there and it's not far from Chicago. So they got a lot of repeats going to Cincinnati and doing it in Moxley's place. Like, I, I think that was, that was a softball for Taz who didn't necessarily hit it out of the park in the beginning, but at least no. got it into the outfield and then it turned into something good. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And then I guess like, the, the the first of all, if I will not say a bad word about you know Brian Pillman's aunt <laughs> Linda, like Linda, yeah. So like, I, like I don't care how gimmicky or Cena e that comes across. Like if you watch that dark side, like you get it, and you yeah, know, like you know how important she is and how much of an angel she is. Yeah. So I love that. That was yeah. like, and he said, like, I saw your episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Like, he said Dark Side of the Ring. So it's like, I feel like that was really good. And um, especially because MJF came out and annihilated the family later, I think it was good to, like, grease the wheels on that first. All right. So I did not see that. I don't want to jump ahead too much. I want to stick with this punk thing for right now. <laughs> but remind me about that because I did not see what MJF Ooh, man. said. But I, 
I, I, all right. <laughs> and I then, compared course- it to, to Heat Wave 99, like the ECW promo with the Dudleys. Like it was, it was edgy <laughs> and, and real and good. Um, so definitely go check it out. All right. So you know what? Let's jump ahead because I think we covered the CM Punk stuff. I think we all can appreciate what he's going to be doing with Ricky Starks. I think the promos hopefully soon back and forth with him and Taz will be better than it was. But then at the end of the day, like if you want to recover super well from something, you just say the other person's catchphrase. Always. Yeah. Always. That's uh that's the rule. I don't think it was CM and again, I'm not in, in the business of like criticizing every little thing people do, but I mean we have to talk about something. So I didn't think it was CM Punk's best outing, but it's gonna be really hard to compare to what he did in his hometown. Yeah, and it's you're right, and that the one off with Darby was like such a clean finish that there was just nowhere that it was going to go, right? Like, so he didn't have a ton else to really work off of because there was nothing to say until what was being set up was set up kind of. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. That this was not the strongest one, but I loved I loved it ending with the survive if I let you. I thought that was really great. Um and like authentically pointed. Like that was that was really well done. Yeah, because he 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 truly he like here's the thing with AEW to me that that's obviously, and I think I'm not saying anything that everybody in our age bracket or wrestling fan community doesn't know the, the stark difference, no pun intended in, um, in, in the, the two products of the main shows of AEW and WWE is the authentic and the human element. It's just like, it's so authentic in AEW, or at least most of it comes across that way. And you see the human nature of every single person on that roster when you can. So that's yeah. why I think, that's why I think that AEW is the momentum uh, is a lot is, is real. It's allowing you to invest in these characters. It's allowing you to invest in main guys that have already been around the block. It's allowing, I mean, the rating, they did 1.3 uh, yeah. on the, on the, after, after uh, the post dynamite show. So that's why I think AEW is, is slowly and surely becoming a, a as real a deal as you could possibly get. It's the same thing. And it's the realism just as like, just like in WCW with the NWO and, and that sort of deal. Like it was real. You felt like you were watching reality TV and when people go off script and they're not scripted and they're just talking from who they are, that's non-scripted reality TV. That's not like Ms. and Mrs. That's reality TV. Yeah. And to your point, like that's their greatest strength. And it's also the thing that's going to make things like a little weak sometimes. Like in this promo that was not that great, it's because they have to still allow for the room to be great when those moments do happen. Right. And you have a lot of younger guys and those promos are probably not going to be the strongest, but like, I would rather it fail and be real than be mediocre and like kind of manufactured. Like, so it's great because it means that the ceiling is incredibly high, but it's also like in weaker stuff, it's for the same reason. So um, it's overall a very good thing, but it's kind of funny that it's the same device that creates the moments that are like not as great too. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't want to discount the wrestling aspect of it that, that, oh, of course. Yeah. That, that, that like the, the human aspect and the, and the promos and the reality TV stuff, like that's all great, but it's only as good as the matches that you put in the ring. For sure, so, for sure. So, and I think they're, I think yeah. they're fine. I think they're finding their balance. Obviously, if when you put young 
guys like you said, like a Will Hobbs on uh on on that big stage, and maybe he could use some more time at, at and on the dark shows or the elevation shows or the studio shows that they're doing now, which they they just started taping. Uh, that but I respect the opportunity that they're giving a Will Hobbs or that they're giving uh, a Hook or they're giving you know a Dante yeah. or, or like so it's it, to me it's 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 not even a question right now. It's it's my favorite show, and it's not because I don't like Impact. It's just because the stupid taking it off twitch is not making me happy yeah, yeah. At all. so That's rough. and to your point too about like well a the best way to get better at tv is probably by being on tv like as great as dark and elevation are like for in-ring stuff definitely get your reps in but at some point you got to be on tv um and the other thing to your point about like finding balances with stuff i think they're also becoming more balanced with the guys that they're bringing in like wheeler yuda is not a flippy dude guy Daniel Garcia okay. is not yeah. a new guy. Um, Adam Cole is great ground-wise. Daniel Bryan, obviously one of the best technical in the world. Um, and right, so is I, not going to be doing I, a lot I'm, there. I'm going to cut you off because a lot of this that we're talking about right now has to do with with my game that I want to play Ooh, okay. in a little bit. So why don't we go into – why don't you smart me up to the MJF thing that happened? He just uh, – so – so far, AEW treats hometown talent very differently than WWE does. Uh, there's a lot of leaning into the hometown crowds. Even with a Britt Baker, she's going to be a face in Pittsburgh. Who gives a shit? Like, she can be a face that week or whatever. Yeah. Like, when guys are in their hometowns, they're going to play into it. Moxley was over huge. Uh, Brian Pillman was over huge. And they had MJF cut an absolutely, absolutely scorching promo on uh, on Skyline chili which i did not realize was that big of a deal but also uh on brian pillman he called his birth mother melanie methany because she was like very clearly has had some drug stuff uh implied that his pregnant sister was having an incest baby like a lot a lot of very very edgy stuff uh made a comment about the fact that he should have been aborted like very very edgy things. Um, oh, they went. Oh, they went. I got. I have to watch this now because they went there and then they 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 canceled Max Caster for like four weeks and they and letting this stuff. Yeah, I mean, rape is different. I think. <laughs> right. Yeah, we don't we don't have to get into that. We don't. But and also, like, it's very possible that MJF ran all this stuff by the people he needed to run it by, and maybe Max Caster didn't. I don't know. Um, oh no. But it I, was, and very, I, guarantee, I, I guarantee you Brian Pillman knew what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. for It got yeah. very personal. And yeah. they're also, hate to behind the curtain it, but they're good friends from their time in MLW. And yeah. um, you, they're, they're shoot friends, it seems like. So he must have known it. I'm sure TV knew too. But it, it was, and Linda was in the front uh, with Pillman's sister. And he just, he let it rip. And it was very edgy. Um, some people thought it was over the line. I didn't. I thought it walked the line really, really well. But uh, it got the kind of heat and my Jericho personal friend slash boss, Sean Ross Sapp, talked about this. Like, if you're going to to, to Edward Norton Sapp, if you're going to demolish someone in their hometown, it's only worth it if they're going to care about it the next week when they're out of their hometown, right? Like, if it's the kind of heat that's only going to sustain you for a week, well, what the hell's the point? This is the kind of heat that people were talking about coming out of that, going into the next town. Um, so I, I think 
that type of thing is worth it when it's something that's going to be heat that sustains you for a while. And it was like, I think we were all kind of over the Jericho stuff and this is brand new and really fresh and holy crap, like a big one. But all right. So they had a match, right? But like, oh no, wait, no, uh, it was. All right. So why did, are they, are they going to do a program with Brian Pillman Jr. and MJF? I don't know. Um, you know, with the pinnacle and Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, like you could certainly set up tag stuff through that. Uh, it, it did seem like they were planting a seed maybe for like Wardlow MJF versus the Varsity Blondes. And maybe this is when we start to see Wardlow turn on MJF and go babyface. If that's the device they're setting up, I'm all for it because I think that could be really, really good for Wardlow. But uh, it's, it's possible that this is going to be a bigger program might have also been set up to get Pillman over in his hometown, and then he main evented Rampage and won. So, good stuff. Okay, so was Pillman on... Did Pillman wrestle on Dynamite, or were they just saving him for Rampage? They were just saving him for Rampage. All right, so yeah, so... I mean, I get it. Like, your point about getting over in the in the city, and like... Yeah, and I, and I guess P- Pillman's... The, the Varsity Blondes are a lovable team. And Pillman's a, a likable guy, especially with the with the the dark side of the ring. But if you're not, I don't know how to say this. If you're not like pushing towards, I mean, all right. So here's what AEW does well: they do promote TV to TV well. So this could have been like really heat, like a really like heat seeking thing, just for a, a dynamite match, like. They did the show like John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki. That happened on a pay per view, but it was for a dynamite match. So they're, they're okay. They're good at doing that, and it makes their TV shows seem more important. So if this leads to MJF and Brian Pillman on a dynamite, I'm okay. Or even a rampage because they need to get the viewers in for that. That works. But if if they don't do anything with this from then, then I don't I don't I don't understand that if I if I get that or not. I th- I think it's headed the way of Wardlow and MJF versus Varsity Blondes with Wardlow turning. That that's where I feel like it's okay. going, um, but we don't know that for sure yet. All right, so so that happens. Uh, Daniel Bryan makes his first appearance on on Dynamite, and so does Adam Cole in the same Bye-bye. segment. Baby, in the same segment. All right, so walk me through this. I did not get a chance to completely finish this, so I know they come out first of all. Tony Schiavone, when he comes out and says that there's a there's a lot of gold in here, I wonder if he still thought the Young Bucks were were tie champs. Oh yeah, that says, I didn't. Actually, that's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about he that. He said yeah. a lot of gold in here, but it's just Gallows and Anderson with the Impact belts and Kenny Omega with the with the with the World belt. And I I, I wonder if he thought that the Young Bucks were still the champs. Yeah, like maybe forgot that. That's really funny. Because they never put over the Impact belts. No, they don't. Or the AAA belt or anything like that. Um, Unless he was being like really like tongue-in-cheek and saying like all the jewelry they were wearing. That could be as well. That could be as well. And actually... Wait, do the Good Brothers still have the Impact tag titles? Yeah, they do. Okay, so yeah. So 
here's what I loved. Cole coming in and immediately being a part of the elite is such a great thing because I think you're going to see Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan as Daniel Bryan's way of getting to Kenny, which is just awesome. I think you're going to see Hangman Adam Page have to do the same thing, which is wild. Um, him immediately addressing Tony Schiavone and being like, lay off my woman, made me laugh really hard. Uh, that was so great. <laughs> He's so good. Poor Tony Schiavone just gets called an asshole by everybody he interviews. But um, did you did you notice that like when as soon as Don Callis took the microphone out of Tony Schiavone's hand, Tony Schiavone still pretended like he had the microphone in his hand and could yes! talk. <laughs> so great, <laughs> so much fun. Um, but this is fun because you have this. Well, so the thing that people are talking about. That is interesting and like a very nuanced storytelling thing would be Adam Cole didn't address uh, the Good Brothers really at all. Like he didn't say hi to them. Do you think we're getting like an Elite versus Bullet Club remix type thing possibly in like a War Games match, Blood and Guts? Or do you think it just was, he just didn't go out of their way to acknowledge them? You're thinking way into the future, I feel like. But I did notice that when Nate, when he called the Young Bucks the greatest tag team of all time or the greatest tag team in the world, whatever his, uh, Adam Cole's verbiage was, you did see Gallows and Anderson kind of make faces. I mean, again, you couldn't really, you know, determine what those faces meant, but if you kind of had an idea, like, yeah. like, like what about like we're right here, guys? Like, and he but, just kind of like high fiving and not really leaning into it with them. So that. That could get very interesting very quickly, I think. That could be very, very fun. Um, but the rest of this, I, I'm very... It's cool that Adam Cole can come in and immediately fit into a storyline that predates the company and, like, it still work and makes sense. Like, that's a really, really special thing. And he- here's something that I thought of, and I'm not sure if I brought it up last week, but I've been meaning to, and I've mentioned it to people, maybe even to you. Um this is like the first time where we had like a really big debut into a company where the person was a, was a heel. Yes. Like we've had like going back maybe from the beginning, but like lately, like every big, like big time, like person that comes into AEW is a baby face. And I was like, when he came out to, to interact with Kenny Omega at the pay-per-view, I was like, all right, they they got to they, they can't he's got to be a heel they, they, this can't be it because we're still expecting Daniel Bryan so I'm like Adam Cole's got to be the guy that that that's this heel debut and then he, he super kicks Jungle Boy and I was like yes thank thank God like we we're having a guy come in a big name a huge name come in as a bad guy as opposed to the continuous uh, seemingly run of good guys that come in in, in a top role. Well, and to your point, I didn't know if they were going to, I thought maybe Brian was meant to be a swerve and was just going to come in later. So I thought maybe Cole's coming out here as a face and then like, we'll get a face Daniel Bryan. I also thought maybe you have Daniel Bryan come in as a heel by attacking Punk and you immediately do a program with that. Um, But I think CM Punk is by far like in my opinion just way better he's a great face he's a great bad guy like you you want him to be a heel but it's gonna take a minute to get there because his return was just so big as my dear good friend peter rosenberg would say he's a great bad guy 
He is a great <laughs> bad guy. I thought, um, I thought that um, I, honestly, out of the three, and I know we're we're like two weeks removed from it, but it's still such a landscaping or landscaping uh, <laughs> landscape shaping though thing, landscape yeah. shaping uh moment. And I didn't see. All right, so Adam Cole comes out, he starts cutting the promo, but then uh, Daniel Bryan comes out, and then Kenny Omega asks them to leave the ring. What, what happens next? Oh my god, this feels so long ago. I know it's literally a week ago. I I I, I want to pull it up, but I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get like lag and shit. Why don't you pull it up on your super new modern phone? Oh, my iPhone 5s that I could I well, no, can't talk about that. I can't remember if they officially set up Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole for Newark or if they just heavily hinted at it, but it seems like it's headed that way. No way! They're, they set that up for for next week. I think so. It's either next week. It might be at Arthur Ashe, but it, it was, it's very much leaning into the direction it's of we're going to get Adam it's Cole. It's probably going to be at Arthur Ashe. Well, not if they're going to do Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan at Arthur Ashe. Then we would get that in Newark. Wait, whoa. All right. <laughs> All right. So that's going to have a huge pay-per-view type feel to it because yeah. it's going to be like the largest like dynamite ticket sales event ever. But if they don't, how do you not save that for a for a first time i mean i guess you could i mean it's been done i guess but because hangman's gonna be the one to dethrone kenny all right so you do so, that at full gear all right so kate we're we're closing in on nine o'clock well let's get into to this game that i wanted we didn't even scratch the surface on what we could talk about and if you still want to go longer I, i'll definitely go longer sure. with you all right so my initial top five right was going to be who would be affected the most positively or negatively by these three debuts in terms of where would their spot on the card end up now that these guys are here. But now that we've had a couple weeks to digest it, I thought I'd change it. And I just want to get your opinion on where do you think they will end up? It's not ranking. I want to see what you think these, I have six right now, but you know what? I'm going to go pull up the entire AEW roster and I'm gonna go through anyone that I think is relevant here. Sure. And I want, and I want you to, th- I want you to think now based on these three debuts and the top spots, seemingly all but being taken up. Obviously, we've discussed that CM Punk is, is going to be more of. Looks like he's going to be a more younger guy helping the, uh, the talent guy. But here we go. So I'm gonna start right now with the six that I have, and then I'll go through the roster, and okay. let's see how you. I like this. This is fun. Yeah, this is, I literally thought about it on the fly. And all right, so this one I think is probably the most interesting name out of all of them because he literally just showed up less than a month ago. So he he's still involved in something big, but Cody is not around. But Malachi Black, where do you think Malachi Black would have been if these three guys didn't debut? And now that they're here, what do you think he's going to be doing going forward? Man. If you haven't listened to him on Talk is Jericho, I've been talking about it for weeks. You simply have to. Um, <laughs> I don't know, really, because I think I think he might be almost like about the same. Because I think if you hear him talk, all he wants to do is like, yeah, probably like a TNT title run, maybe a world championship run at some point. He's incredible. He wants to put over young talent so bad. He was like, he named Sonny Kiss as someone he wants to work with. I think maybe because the obvious thing is like him 
versus the Dark Order with the Dark Order being faces right now. But having been previously mysterious, like maybe he just runs through all of them. So I feel like he's going to be like a mid Carter, but near the top of the picture with what he can do. So that's kind of where I think he was going to be anyway. I like it. He's that affected. I like it. I like it. I don't think he will either. Uh, I will go now. Let's see. How do I want to go with? Let's go. All right. Here we go. I feel like this name is going to be interesting for you. How do you feel? And this might not have anything to do with anything because I think his role is pretty much set in the pinnacle. But I, I think back to Sean Spears and I think back to what, what he possibly could have thought his role would have been in AEW when he came in to what I think he loves the pinnacle. I love him in the pinnacle, but where do you think Sean Spears goes in terms of spots on the card when, when all these new people are coming in? Yeah, he's kind of like a worrisome one because I feel like they've done a few things with him and he just hasn't gotten like made. And I feel like if anybody in the pinnacle needed to get over, it's it's Sean Spears. Um, FTR, I think you knew was great. MJF is obviously ridiculous. Sammy Guevara on the inner circle side has been great. Um, every like both of the people in both of those factions have gotten made except for Sean Spears, kind of. So my hope is that it'll help. I think like a Daniel Bryan Sean Spears feud could be really, really good for him. Um, so I don't it's just like if you're gonna have these guys work with him, I think it's fantastic. If he continues to get lost in the shuffle, I don't think it's so good. But because he's in a stable and because AEW is yeah. so stable heavy, that makes me feel like that could be a really good thing. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe I should also rephrase that. Maybe I, I don't correlate them, like these guys coming in. Like maybe one might have absolutely nothing to do with the other. Yeah. So this might but just But like, have... I think like Kip Sabian makes me nervous. Like I think he might yeah. be gone. You know what I mean? Like those kinds of guys where it's like they haven't really found their footing and now it's getting crowded. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I just, I guess maybe this is more of just a, a state of this person address, maybe. That's fair. Ooh, a yeah. state of the. Oh, I'm gonna make a banner for that. So, like, and I, I'm, most of these names are pretty big names, but like I said, I'll go through the 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 AW roster and see because a lot of these guys, I feel like we know at this point, especially the people that have been there since day one who have pretty much just worked dark. I think we kind of get that where they are. But I was trying to pick out the more intriguing names. And this is one that many people might not be super bummed out about if he doesn't necessarily stay in the top uh, rung of the ladder in, in the AEW roster. But Christian Cage, he was there at the end of the at the end of the pay-per-view, standing strong uh, against the elite. He was there, but now it seems like he's gonna be moved down somewhere. We don't know where yet, because I'm not sure if he was on dynamite or not. Maybe he's more focused on the impact part of things which i believe he is so christian cage what are your thoughts about christian cage now uh i i hope he does some really cool stuff at impact because he's someone that you can just throw back wherever and it's not going to matter too much i don't think like even his title stuff with kenny he was used and it was a really good match and that table spot ruled but his all-out match with kenny was kind of to give kenny a serviceable championship match we knew it was going to be predictable but it was set up for these debuts so i don't think him falling down the card is necessarily a bad thing and i think you can plug him in wherever you need to pretty much at any time yeah i I agree 100 percent. i think we all knew that christian cage kenny omega wasn't necessarily selling that pay-per-view it was uh 
the rumors and the the possible debuts that were selling that pay-per-view but it you knew and which AEW does so well is they know that they're going to give you a great match so yeah and the so, first one was so great so yeah exactly yeah. And, yeah. and that's when christian won the the uh the impact championship all right so the next person i have on here who's has been kind of interesting he's been completely thrusted in a different direction completely out of uh out of the the main event picture but they're still using him in a way that completely keeps him relevant and completely keeps him interesting and that is mr john moxley <laughs> yeah john moxley has just been on this run where he's just like i'm just gonna do whatever the hell i want i talk about it ad nauseum and it's so great he was like i think i'm gonna go fight all of japan on aw like <laughs> i think I, I think you're i think you're uh I think Edward Norton Sapp posted up like a great like post on Twitter. He was like, "It's it's almost like AEW went to 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 John Moxley said, what do you want to do?'" He's like, "Fight Japan." <laughs> Basically, right? Like yeah. between that and he's like, "And now I'm the GCW champion." Like he's oh. another one that I think he doesn't need to be anywhere near a title picture for. Anything to feel like he's never gonna feel weak because of who he is. So they want to heat him back up at some point. They'll be able to do that with no problem. I I agree a hundred percent. But I do have heat with him now because my dear good personal close friend Matt Cardona is without his baby. Even though Matt Cardona is still <laughs> the GCW Universal Champion, so that's not it, a thing. No, it's a thing. All right. So here's Fuck the name that you. <laughs> Here's a name that you brought up a lot tonight, and you've pretty much already planned out uh, what you feel like his future is in AEW, but we haven't seen him in a while, I don't think, unless I'm just missing it. Uh, the Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, so I think the initial plan was for him to take the belt at All Out off of Kenny before all of this happened, and he, in real life, had a baby. So things get derailed by that a little bit, but I think he's going to be your next champion. I think he's going to dethrone Kenny and there's been a lot of infighting in the dark order lately. I think he's going to be the glue that brings them back together. Anna J can't bring them back together on their own and she's going to call on Hangman Adam Page, but his absence was due to, to him having a real life kid and I think he's going to return and and be the one to finally get the title off of Kenny Omega. So I think his, his future, very bright. All right, so you know what? Let's flip the script. Uh, the script. The script. The script. The script. The script. All right, because there was a, a fourth debut that was actually, or third debut, third, that was actually really very important. And I, I've watched it back a million times because I absolutely am a huge fan of Ruby Soho. Um, so let's throw a couple, let's throw a couple female superstars names out there because she's completely, she won the Battle mm -hmm. Royal. So she's going to be the number one contender. So how do you we think? Call them wrestlers and not superstars in this promotion, okay? Well, I called it. What I called them superstars. You called Ruby a superstar. Oh well, she is a superstar. She is one. All right, let's see. Awesome. Obviously, Britt Baker's the champ. All right, so there's. I'm gonna say two, two. Oh, there's a bunch of names you could bring up here. Oh my God, there's like a million names you can bring up here. All right, so why don't we do like? All right, so how do you think that Ruby Soho's debut? into aew effects chris statlander oh i think that's man i so the money match for me is jamie hater versus chris statlander because i just want to see a brick house versus another brick house but 
Chris and Ruby, I think, could have a great match just stylistically with how they work. Ruby's such a, a great hand and so good at adapting to different ring styles. And Chris is, she works at a slower pace. She works a stronger style. Um, I, I think that could be fantastic for her. All right. Let's, let's run it. Let's run it. Let's run the gauntlet here. How about, what about, I feel like she's destined for something, but I just don't know when. Jade Cargill. She is just very, very green, but yeah. she has charisma out the ass. Like she's, she's an absolute mm. star, but she's not good in the ring yet. She just needs more reps. But I think the the money for her is in her collision with Brett at some point. Like their egos clashing is just going to be awesome, awesome, awesome at some point. And in the women's casino battle royal, they kind of set up her versus Nyla, which I think might be really good. Of like, oh, monster versus monster, and then Jade takes yeah. that over, and then maybe Nyla. Um, you know, turns into a more vicious heel or whatever. But I think Jade, Jade going around saying she's that bitch. That's where that happens. All right. So this one, I don't think we, I don't think we have anything to worry about with her because I feel like she'll always be at the top of the card no matter what. And that is uh, another one of our dear, good, close, personal friends, yours as well, Miss Thunderosa. Yeah, just put her on my fucking TV, guys. But other than that, yeah, she's. I think they're trying to pick her spots with her because she's going to be the one to take it off Brit. I think the the blow off match between the two of them is going to be a Thunder Rosa championship. But she's just, she's incredible. She's right. the best. I don't I don't want to go through the entire roster, so I will. I'll just do one more because she's a. I think yeah, she's a a, a champ. What about what about Rio? Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's, uh, you know, she's been in Japan and she's also had issues where she's been unhappy being in America, like mental health wise. So I don't know how she really fits into the division anymore. Right. Okay. I you know think... what? Let's put the kibosh on that and let's go with, uh, with Sheeta. Sheeta, yeah. I mean, I talk at length about how mishandled the division has been. And she's a big part of that because she lost her championship. And the only thing that's happened is she's gotten a haircut and worked dark since, but uh, she's a great worker. So I think you could see her near the top of the picture to give people really good matches. But I think you're probably looking at Thunder Rosa, Ruby Soho, and probably Tay Conti as like your next top about- of the card or champions. And what about Anna J? No Anna J in there. Anna J too. They've been talking about possible women's tag championships for Rampage. I don't know if they're there yet, but certainly she and Tay both being Dark Order, that would that would be a great inaugural championship. She, I think they just have to see because she was out with injury for so long, like how she comes back. And she she was still young, but she was really smooth in the ring before she got injured, so she could definitely be in that. All right, two more on the men's side, and then uh, then we'll finish this fun little experiment that I just decided to do on a whim. It's fun. Oh. I like it. I didn't mention all right, so three, because I didn't mention this guy and who I think ah Lance Archer. They gotta find something for this dude. He's so great. And yeah. um he said in interviews, he's like, I'm very happy to go to work and lose. Like I don't care, but they need to figure out like a program for him that feels important and can sustain itself because he's just bounced around. He worked a couple of new Japan talents too but there's just been nothing for him to sink his teeth into. And he won a title and then lost it like within a week of each other. So um, I, I would, I I feel like of all of the talents that have been mismanaged, he's by far the most mismanaged. Yeah, I agree. And that's why my initial list was like people that 
like oof like what are you gonna what are you gonna do with now was uh was was him all right so i'm gonna do i so i was gonna go with him but i won't let's go with i know he's in the main event of rampage on friday but Pac. oh yeah so he's been victim of both injury and literal being out of the country stuff yeah. uh, where he hasn't been able to be on TV consistently. But I think his match with Andrade was so fantastic. If you saw a shitty finish, but uh, of this week's rampage, I think, I think the mid card is going to feel like not that much of a step down. I think the mid card is yeah. going to feel like the top of the card just without titles because um, there's just so many great workers. Like there's nothing on all out that felt like, much less exciting than everything else for the most part. So I think he's going to be heavily featured. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's a lot of, uh, the mid card kind of reminds me of like right now, what it could be reminds me of like late, like nineties WWE and WCW where like everything mattered. Like you had, you know, your Jericho's your Benoit. Oh, Benoit's, Malenko's, Guerrero's, Cruiserweight guys that that were built up. Your DDPs, you know, even Macho Man was working secondary matches. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it could be great. All right. So all right. So there's people. I want to kn- see Pac and Malachi Black strike the shit out of each other for like 20 minutes. That's like my hope for their next feud. I think that would be so amazing the way they kick. Throw Daniel Bryan in it. I don't care. <laughs> I agree, and and you gotta you gotta know that guys like Darby Allen aren't going to be affected too much because they're always going to have their role. Orange Cassidy, Sammy's always they're always going to be kind of there. Um, Jake Hager, he knows his role. Uh, let's see, uh, you know the Matt Hardy stuff is is what is what it is. It's fine. M- Miro's the TNT champion. MJF is going to be a top guy forever. For now, I'm really hoping he drops to Eddie at Arthur Ashe just for the moment. In Queens? Yeah, or, could you imagine? Is that in Queens or is that actually on Long Island? It's in Queens. It's in, it's in Queens. It's Bayshore, right? Or, or mm-hmm. Bay? It's across from City Field. Yeah, that's Literally. right. Yeah. It's the other yeah. side of the subway. Wardlow is Wardlow. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are doing great stuff. Um, Big Show, who cares? Um, Kip, yeah, Kip Sabian, but I don't know what, what the future really held for him much more anyway. Uh, Dante is going to be fine. Once his partner comes back, they'll be back in the tag division. Jericho can do whatever Jericho wants. Whatever happened to Anthony Agogo? He had a second eye surgery, and we don't know if he's ever going to be able to wrestle again, unfortunately. So we will see. Oh, that's a that would be the worst thing ever. Yeah, that would be a bummer. All right. KTG, let's see. I, mean, you want to, I know SmackDown had something going on. You you were raving about that show. You want to touch on that real quick before we, as Matt oh, yeah. would like to say, pull this train into the station? Sure, I'll just touch on SmackDown real fast. Uh, the story with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, even though this is a match we've seen a lot of times, we have not seen uh, this Roman and this Brock, uh, which is great and refreshing and Paul Heyman's work with it has just been the thing that has made the biggest difference for me. It's been a fantastic story. Brock Lesnar looks like redneck Alec Hammerstone. It's great. Um, (laughs) And it looks, and Finn came out as the demon at MSG. 
uh, and and looks like he's sniffing around the title picture. So that's really cool. The only thing is this is the third week in a row and we've had no women's matches on SmackDown, which is upsetting. Uh, did, they they have, did, did, they have women, did they have women's segments? There was a contract signing and that was it for this last week. The thing that people were like kind of more in uproar about was that they had a taped match uh, that Zelina Vega was in and she lost her dad in 9-11 and this was on 9-11 or the day before 9 the day before 9-11 yeah and so a lot of people felt like it was like her and Liv and I forget who the third person was but um they they all reacted on Twitter in their own ways um and it, it seemed like in their minds that that match was going to be on the show and uh I think it was it sounded exquisitely painful for Zelina Vega who on 9-11 was reading down at the World Trade Center site so um that juxtaposition against how AEW treated their hometown heroes was like a big conversation in wrestling this week. Yeah. And also uh, just to touch on that a little bit, going back to ring of honor real quick, they did a great uh, 10 bell salute to, to Daphne. Yes, they did. So I didn't want to, I, I totally, for, I mean, I didn't forget about it, but I, I, di- I guess I did do the course of the show. So that was a really touching moment in terms of, yeah, really tough weekend overall with the, with the loss of Daphne. And of course the 20 university of September 11th and, we're, we're we're all so close to this to this area to New York. It's like twenty minutes for me to get to New York City. And, yeah, uh, and with um, at Ring of Honor too, a, in the not the six man title match, but the one that had Deppin and Lee and LSG. A lot of them had uh, the black armbands with Daphne's yeah. name written on them too. There were some really nice tributes there. And yeah, Bobby Cruz had Daph on his microphone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was that was awesome to see. So imagine imagine him who who I know was extremely close with with the. Uh, with Daphne uh, having that on there and having him be the one that I, I believe it was him that was, that was doing the initial announcement of the, uh, the 10 bell salute. So that yeah. was, yeah. that was great. So rest in peace, Daphne again, and rest in peace, anyone that was lost in nine 11, but let's go back to positive talk uh, because it's sure. just better. We can't SmackDown was SmackDown was probably their strongest non-pay-per-view event in at least a year. It was really great. Um, it, it sucks that the lack of a women's match on the past three shows has has kind of been a dominating thing when they finally had like good programming and now they're they're getting so, trampled this way. So when you say past three shows, are you saying past three SmackDowns or past Raw SmackDown? Past three SmackDowns. All right. All right. So what's your take on? Because we all know WWE is. Is is completely different than anything like we, like any like independent wrestling show you'll see. There'll always be in the independent uh, shows with, with women on their shows. But if do you feel in in the w, in the WWE world that a woman's segment is not as valuable as a woman's match? Yes, and um... because some of the most some of the most memorable men's stuff is not necessarily matches yeah that's fair but when you're only giving us one thing for the entire show it's kind of bullshit but the bigger thing too is that it's this wasn't one week that had a women's segment and no matches it's three weeks in a row and there were very obvious points in smackdown where you could have shortened it that i think was the bigger thing where like edge and seth rollins was really great 
It went on forever. The tag match went on a really long time. There were easily spots in that show where you could have fit in a women's match. That makes it even worse when it was like, it was a great show, but there were still plenty of places you could have nipped and tucked to put a women's match in there. Um, and if it was just one week, I probably would let it slide. If it was like, well, they didn't have a women's match, but they did have a contract signing. This is three weeks now. And like last week, there was a Tony Storm. I'm the first time Tony Storm has been on our TV in, in eight weeks since her vignettes and her debut, um, where she was like turning down Dolph Ziggler for Rick Boogs. And I was like, this is, this feels like Divas era bullshit. Like, this is where we're headed back. Wait, what? Yeah. Dolph wait. Ziggler was like basically like, hey, sweetheart, <laughs> like, got wait, a wait, match wait, 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 coming wait. up. And she was like, oh, actually, I'm here to support Rick Boogs. All right. So let me. So they made these vignettes for Tony Storm, who's arguably probably one of the most talented female wrestlers that has crossed through NXT UK, NXT. Yep. And they've had these vignettes hyping her up for this, like, kind of like bringing up the talent from NXT to to the main roster. Had, and her first appearance was, not not a match. It was her, her first appearance was getting hit on by Dolph Ziggler and uh, saying she's here to cheer on Rick Boogs and not him, basically. All right. So here's the deal. If you want to do that, and I'm not like saying that, first of all, you should never do it with Tony Storm, that kind of segment. That's the, yeah, that's the other piece. Of like that. if you want to have like the, like, the, uh, see, I don't so even know if I yeah, Carmella, or even like, if you're so like you are so part and so in, in enforcing this revolution of women's wrestling, but does that necessarily mean that you can't have, like, maybe not to the extent that you did, but have like a like a Christy Hemi or a Maria or someone like that oh. to play that role. Oh, totally. It's, it's that that's the only representation that's on screen, like in, in so many aspects, or you could even do it with Tony storm. If you also established her as a worker who has a yeah. love interest, like if you're going to do that with Eva Marie all day, fine. Yeah. Like she shouldn't be in the ring. Like it's not that yeah. role. It's the, who you have in that role and how much of that role you seem to have on television combined with the fact that you don't have a women's match. So, so why do they feel like they need and again, I wasn't the biggest fan of like the the diva search and all that stuff. I mean, it was great because it gave people a place to work. But like, why can't like why is it just why does it just have to be like the revolution is women's as wrestlers? Like, there's a place for like outside characters for women to to do that aren't necessarily the best in ring workers. I don't understand why why doesn't WWE get that so they can utilize this spot? Totally. Eva Marie is a smoke show and she's bad in the ring, but she has a charisma about her. Let it be her. Or like Carmella's actually, I feel like grown. She needs a specific type of opponent, usually like a Sasha Banks, someone that's her size and better than her and she can hold a good match. But her whole character is like, I don't care if I win or lose because I'm hot. Like that's the whole thing. Go have that person be involved in that angle. Like you can have that role and you can have diversity in your women's division 
why is it so much of that? And why is it so little of having them wrestle again? Kevin's mic is muted. <laughs> or... Hold on, no, why? Because there he is. Hey, Kevin. Welcome to the Shining Wizards podcast. Hi, Kevin Garifo. How you doing? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time <laughs> out of your busy schedule for allowing me to be on this this fantastic podcast that I've heard so much great stuff about. My yeah. USB port got unplugged from the uh, from the laptop, so so I, I feel like Carmela's kind of like earned her stripes, hundred percent. Like even despite whatever character she's been dealt. I think she's earned it. So she yeah. didn't. Yeah. But. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. I just um, like. But even she, they set up this thing where like. They called her the most beautiful woman in, in WWE or whatever. And Liv Morgan standing there like, oh, I thought I was pretty. And it's yeah. like, well, that doesn't work because Liv Morgan's really fucking hot. You guys like you can't make her. Seem like like the nerdy theater kid when she's stunning, like with Morgan's yeah. gorgeous. So it's just <laughs> it's weird representations across the board for the women right now. Liv Morgan's got that two hundred one area code too. Ayo, Ayo, Joyzy, Joyzy, Joyzy. Yeah, when they changed, like I I actually didn't hate Carmela's presentation as like the fabulous. Like her music was awesome, and like when she yeah. came out to the ring and did like that, like the moonwalk and had like even it was even better when she had the money in the bank briefcase like i think she's like i think she's great like the, the, yeah. whatever whatever they book her in i don't care like i think i just think she's a, a, a talent and, they've been uh, doing such a bad job with wins and losses i was like this might actually be the most brilliant character on the show like <laughs> <laughs> like she's like i don't care if i win or lose and they're like guess what neither does creative so <laughs> that's perfect all right so what, what else do we have for uh what else can you tell me about SmackDown? Is it is it was it just the uh, the the Brock and uh, and Roman thing that kind of made it? Anything else going on? What's uh, Finn Balor came back right as the demon? Finn Balor came back as the demon, um, which was fantastic, and it looks like he's smart enough to not be like, "Hey, John Cena stole my contract," so that's cool. Like he gives a <laughs> shit. Um, and Edge and Roman, or I'm sorry, Edge and Seth had a fantastic match that I was not that excited to see because they've just been on rematch fatigue, but it was completely different than their first match. And it was a fantastic match and the promo work justified it enough. Um, so I'm interested to see if that goes, I hope they don't have a third match. They don't need a blow off for it, but um, that was like kind of lived up to what you would hope Seth Rollins versus Edge would be. And they just told such a, a great story with how they were using finishers and countering each other. Um, it, it was, it was so, so, so well done. So it was f for the first time in a really long time. And SmackDown's always been better than raw over the, the past of the course, the course of the past 18 months. Um, this time it was like, this is a fantastic wrestling show. And it felt like a response to what AEW did on Sunday, but like, good competition should drive you. Like they had to step it up for Madison Square Garden, and they did. Yeah. So, yeah, I was I was just gonna say what I, I'm not saying that the the talent like they perform probably the same no matter what, but they get ramped up for MSG. But I feel like the powers that be, like they always and they should do it for every show, but it seems like they only do it for <laughs> for the ones that they think will get a number. 
And, uh, yeah, it's almost like they're so scared of a New York or a Philly crowd that they're like, we have to bring our shit because they will just proactively uh, boo us. But I saw a lot of that feedback too coming on Friday night when I was uh, fighting in Fight Club. <laughs> but they were like, like, the show was amazing. How, how'd you do, by the way? Did you win? I can't talk about Fight Club. Oh, but you just mentioned it. You can't, I can't let the. I'm all can't let, hot water. Can't let, <laughs> 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 um. But that was some of the feedback was like, it was so great. And it just, on the back end, it was like, I was so entertained for two hours. And then people were like, why don't they do this every week? Damn it. <laughs> so, it's true. It's fair. All right, KTG. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? I'm, I mean, I'm here for you if you have anything. Uh, I'll just norm- say that um, somebody in Stanford needs to get a spreadsheet that has people's uh contract expiration dates in order because this just happened again with kevin owens who kind of has expressed in his very canadian kevin owens way that he's frustrated um and it turns out his contract is up in january of 2022 not 2023 as people respected and reported so someone in stanford needs to just a spreadsheet with a column that has the expiration dates and how long people's non-competes are because this has been happening a lot all right so like how much over all right so how much over we just did the whole game about this how much overload would it be if by this time next year we're talking about or this time after christmas we're talking about kevin owens in aew here's the thing it's kevin owens yeah like there's some there's a few guys left probably kevin owens Finn Balor, maybe Ricochet, maybe Sami Zayn, maybe at the top of my list, who who I would still want. Kevin Owens is is like the guy. <laughs> I feel like AJ about, Styles might be the other one, but what? man, KO. Here's the thing: Tony well, Connell just that, keep bringing programs. <laughs> I I don't think I, if there's one guy that I don't think will ever go there, I think it's aj styles really i mean i mean when is he gonna go he's still on the contract for another like three years if that's is- true <laughs> wow. you're right i definitely just i definitely just made that up it's two months from now you know, you know who told me that this tugboat thomas action figure he was like he was like who who aj styles still has four more years on his deal with wwe can we uh <laughs> Instead of pulling the train into the station, can we pull the tug a tug a tugboat into the pull station? Pull the tuggy tuggy tugboat in the station. Oh, Uncle Fred. All right. So <sighs> a name that I noticed that you left out of that little list there is someone who didn't necessarily have that that indie darling reputation, and that was Bray Wyatt. I don't need Bray Wyatt in AEW, and it's not even because of him. I just he's so dark and twisty, and there's so much dark and twisty already. Uh, um, I feel like he's someone that Impact should sell out a shit ton of money for. I think for both. I think for both him and Braun. Yeah, why not? I have a feeling Braun is just going to resign in WWE for a lesser deal. But I mean, I feel like Impact totally like their whole plan is to lease outside talent. They need to start bringing guys in like Bray Wyatt who like they can strap rockets to have them signed 
and I think would just be equally as beneficial backstage. I think that would be so, so good for Impact. Yeah, and you bring names like that in, maybe you could start maybe moving tickets for bigger buildings to make the TV product look better. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like arenas, I'm not saying like that, but like maybe bigger ballrooms or bigger. Yeah. yeah. Something to take it out of Nashville for a little bit and that little that little space they have, which I, which I do like. And I love Impact. Did not get a chance to watch it this week. Um, we didn't get a chance to deep dive into all the other nuances of professional wrestling that we like to, but we had a great time tonight. We did. Uh, Kate, KTG, I want to thank you very much for, for coming by and, and, and doing this, this two-man group here. I know Hell that's, yeah. Uh, well, My brother and, and initials. <laughs> yeah, me and Tony are the two-man army, so we could be the new two-man group. We could be the KTG. We could be the KJG. We could do it all. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at Wizards Podcast. On all of them, ProWrestlingTees.com slash ShiningWizards. KTG, plug yo shit. Oh, man. Okay. So you can follow me on Twitter at KateOnDeckIC. You can catch me on Tuesday nights uh, with Alex Pulaski doing Sour Graps immediately following NXT on Fightful. Wednesdays, you can catch me at my home base at the Mark Order Podcast. Follow at Mark Order Pod on all social media. We go live right after Dynamite, available in download form the next day on all podcast streaming sites. Uh, Thursdays, I nap. And then Friday, they come back for SmackDown and AEW Rampage with Sean Ross, Edward Norton Sapp uh, from Fight Club Fightful, immediately following Rampage Recoverable SmackDown and Rampage in the same broadcast for the time being. Join us. We've had a lot of fun over there. So, And then some Mondays, I'm on the Brock Lesnar deal here, and I come hang out, and it's great, like tonight. So thank you, Kevin. Bro, you put yourself over like a Brock Lesnar deal? Kate! And... <laughs> You can't see my shitty sword tattoo, but I've got it, damn it. Uh, what's, what's on the back? What you, what you, it's, what, it's, is it your dog? It's Buster, dog? yeah. It's Buster. Bust Lesnar. Bust Lesnar. Little buddy. Little Fuck your no shit. You got any comedy coming up? Uh, no. All right, well, fine. No, I don't. Because I'm because I'm like Dennis Stamp. I'm not booked. Um, <laughs> uh, follow me on the on the Twitter at Kevin Garifo. That's G A. I want to do it like Jeff Jarrett, but it's all single letters. There's no single A. Yeah. G A single R I single F single O. No K E single V I single N G A single R I single F. Oh, that's right. That's Kevin Garifo at Twitter. Uh, and then, uh, of course, on the Instagram at Shining Wizards. Kevin, that's the only things I do. I don't know how to TikTok. I don't know how to Snapchat. And I've refused to learn. So, so we've had we've had a great time. I want to thank KTG again for for spotting uh, for spotting for uh, Matt and uh, Tony tonight. And uh, I don't know what exactly what the plan is for next week. Normally, we try to announce stuff. I don't know if we have a guest. I honestly uh, don't think we do. I know we postponed. Actually, we might actually. I think we postponed a guest, but uh, I'll let that sip, uh, let that settle for Twitter and social media stuff. Yeah. So uh, find out it was this podcast on on Twitter, and they'll announce it there. How about that? I, I didn't already say that's what we do. Yeah, go do that. 
Go do that. Follow us at Wizards Podcast. Like I'm I just said. being aggressive about it. That's right, because you're because <laughs> you're bust listener. <laughs> Good night, right, Gracie. Uh, don't, Kate. Oh my. Good night, Gracie. No, you're not. You're not closing the show. Good night, Gracie.